This is the 10th episode of the Great One Piece read-through, covering volumes 51 through 56 and a little bit of 50. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. And my name is Joey. Hey, Joey. This is Joey Weiser. He is an Eisner Award-nominated uh, artist and author, from what I hear. This is true. Uh, you all, you write Merman, and they could find you at tragicplanet.com. That's correct, right? Yes, correct, uh, correct. So I'm very excited. These are some of my favorite arcs in the series. We're going to be going through Sabaudi, Shabandi, Sabadi, Sabadi. There's a lot of pronunciations for this, and they're all wrong. None of them are right, probably. So everyone get ready with your Shabandi shots. Yes, so... Uh, Enjoy that. Uh, we also are going through the Amazon Lily arc and the Impel Down arc. Uh, we had to condense it because there were some major problems. Uh, we do want to thank Marlene from Fizz for coming on, but unfortunately, uh, it wasn't really a salvageable material. Uh, but why, why don't we get into this? Uh, this is how we're going to do it this week. Uh, we're going to split these up into three segments uh, for each arc. I think we could get right into this, so let's take a little break and get right into it. everyone it is time to start on one on page 173 of volume 50 let's start at the beginning of what we're going to call the shabandi arc many other people call this like the duval mini arc i don't know what you want to call it uh but even before we get to that uh we have the meeting going over everything between sengoku and kuma which is always fun with garp being an idiot uh, yeah. so, I mean, Sengoku basically scolds Kuma for having too much compassion for the Straw Hats. Like, he couldn't even bring in Luffy? What's your problem? Like, come on, man. We get also get to see all the craziness of the Grand Line, including a sea raccoon, a circular rainbow, snake currents. And painful candy rain. This is uh, this whole series of volumes is where uh, I feel like Oda starts really getting into rainbows. Yeah. It's... Uh... Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, I don't know what else I was going to add to that. So we get to the red line. It's massive. It's huge, yeah. I forget how huge the, the red line... You can't see the top of it. It, it. Who knows how far that thing goes. Luffy declares that he will be the Pirate King the next time he sees it. Seems important. Yeah, no, I mean, this is kind of like the halfway mark... Uh, for the series, so it's mm-hmm. in, in geographically at least, uh, so it's it's an important moment. There's all sorts of great like little moments with the crew on the uh, on the the sunny as they're traveling throughout this. It's stuff we don't always get to see. Uh, you know, Chopper being cute, like he doesn't want to go in the shark sub, or you know, they're they're eating like a pear tart, but the pears are from Thriller Bark. It's a horror pear tart. <laughs> Uh, and I, I really like the shark submerged that gets a little action here. We, we haven't really seen it uh, until this moment. And uh, almost gets eaten by a giant rabbit. And when the giant rabbit comes out of the water and gets its ass kicked, because come on, this is Luffy we're talking about, uh, two, two things come out of it. And right onto Sanji. 
in the face. Well, yeah. one does. The other one does an awesome pose. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, Joey, you want to talk about these two characters and what you think of them? This is, you know, you're the Merman guy, so it makes oh, sense yeah, to talk sure. about. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is Kami and Papag from uh, Hachi's uh, cover story. And I love Papag. He looks like a stuffed animal. He even has stitching on the side, which is an interesting thing. Um, and Kami is uh kimmy's charming she has a weird gag where she makes a crazy screaming face (laughs) (laughs) she's kind of a dork you know yeah yeah for being like a cute girl she's kind of a dork i I like i think you're just into that ed maybe (laughs) maybe projecting it on her oda Oda, you know with female characters especially like pretty female characters oda does very subtle differences in the way that he draws and her lips definitely stand out as an interesting character trait she's a fish yeah, I, I like how also Papag explains he willed himself to talk. What was it? He, uh, he believed believe in, believe in, believe in your dreams. <laughs> yeah, he has a good uh, little gag where he's like always being ignored. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, I love how uh, like they, especially with Zoro, it erases the memory of Kokoro as a mermaid. Like you can see the memory fade out from his head. It's just <laughs> <laughs> nope, never seen a mermaid before. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, but he, does she poop? Does she poop? And she does. No! No, 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 no. But but Ed, she does. She does poop. Ah, you're ruining Sanji's dreams. <laughs> I'm ruining your dreams. Um, no one wants to picture Kami pooping, but now it's happened because I just said it. Anyway, she calls upon the wild beasts, and uh, the fish show her the direction to go. Uh, they need to go rescue their friend Hachin, which brings a bell in Nami's head. Uh, near the. Sabandi, Sabaudi, Sabaudi. Sabaudi. Just pick one and go with it, I, I think. <laughs> near the uh, Yarukaman Groves. Um, Yarukiman. Well, okay, I just can't pronounce anything. Um, First, we, all, we, get, we find the reason that they go is because she works in a, taco, in a takoyaki shop and Luffy really wants takoyaki. They, they turn into his eyes. And if you've ever had takoyaki, Yum. it is delicious. Uh, I suggest you do not eat it in one bite because it will burn you if you eat it in one bite like oh, gosh, uh, we yeah. see happen with Luffy here later. It's a, it's a bad idea. Uh, so they, they head off to uh, see three familiar faces also from Hachi's cover story, the Macro Gang, um, who I don't remember the names of, so we'll see when we get to that part. Macro? Besides Macro. Um, I do really like their designs. They're... Um, they're weird designs, and I think that might be why I like them. Yeah, yeah. They're very fishy fishy. carry over a little bit from when Odo was a little loopier and had sort of a softer style. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also find out that there are these flying fish riders involved, and they're notorious. And Kami's also been captured a million times. Uh, She's very trusting. Times. She, I mean, come on. You should probably... By the 18th time, shame on me. 19 times, shame on you. Um, anyway, when the, and like Hachi hears that the, they ha- they have that the that Kami is coming, and or I think he realizes that the Straw Hats are coming, and he like he blacks himself or he blew himself basically, but he has his reasons for being black. Yeah. So like, so this goes into volume 51, mm-hmm. um, and I do want to mention covers as we go because there's some very some of my favorite covers are in what we're talking about this week. Uh, if any of you guys want to talk about 51, uh, Joey, if you want. Yeah, that's a great cover. Uh, all the uh, supernovas on it. Uh, a weird little uh, bit of personal uh, things about this cover. I bought the first 
I don't know, 50-some volumes used uh, uh, trying to sort of catch up when I finally decided to buy the Viz volumes. And this one is an old library copy that's actually hardbound. So I have a sort of made, uh, you know, custom-made hardcover of volume 51. That's pretty awesome. Uh, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of this one. Uh, I don't know about you, Ed, but I, these these are some of my favorite characters in the show, so it's it's fun to I see mean, them together. For the characters that are on it, it's great, but they don't. I mean, they're, it's just kind of it's kind of a very busy design, so it's not necessarily my favorite. But I do love all of these characters, so it's kind of hard not to like it. Uh, so yeah, why don't we get back into the material here? Um, and I think uh, didn't you say this uh, this hideout reminded you of something, Ed? Oh yeah, it reminded me of Waterworld. You ever seen the movie Waterworld, Joey? Oh yeah, totally. Reminds uh, me of, like yeah. the the C shaped platform where you know Kevin Costner is being hung by his legs, up in the middle of it. Yeah, I did not make that connection, but I I see it. You know, the C shaped platform. I also anyway. never noticed their Jolly Roger, which is um, I guess it's a it's, it's a flying fish skull, <laughs> is exactly what that is. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we get uh, Iron Mask Duval. Uh, he is mysterious, and I'm sure nothing uh, important will happen with him. <laughs> I'm sorry, the other two were Tansui and Gyaru. Uh, we got a Demican goldfish. Wow, I'm going to try and pronounce this. A macropharynx gulper eel uh, and an Ar- arowana fishman. You know, you guys listen to this read-through so I could try and pronounce things that I can't pronounce. I think that's <laughs> that's the main draw, right? It's interesting to see an eel with arms. Always, yeah. always interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but Kami gets captured super easy by them. Yeah, that's... Uh, and, and, and Hachi has been captured. We find out it's really the Hachi. Uh, right. Which we kind of knew up until this point as readers. And Zoro gets him to admit that. I mean, you mentioned he covers himself in squid to hide himself. And Sanji tells him, hey, how's Arlong doing? And, <laughs> of course, that's enough to coax him back into... Yeah. It's a, great, it's a great, great gag right there. And I really like what it takes for the Straw Hats to finally uh, do it. And I love that panel with Zoro saying, um, he's not our friend. Uh, this is super Cat- scary. Just following Captain's orders, you know, or that was later on, but yeah, he yeah. also says that um, when, yeah. when he when he changes his mind, right? And uh, Duval, he, he bears a grudge against somebody uh, from the Straw Hats. We don't know exactly who yet, but uh, he sends the flying fish riders after the Straw Hats, and everyone sort of gets in like everyone gets into this battle. Like every, everyone shines a little bit here. This is a this is probably one of the more fun ar- like mini arcs that yeah we yeah. Get. Because I gotta say the flying fish are so cool. Like they, they're like a biker gang, and I love the designs of the fish themselves. They are a biker gang. That is wow. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, it's the post-apocalyptic on the water flying fish biker gang. <laughs> Reminds me more like Sons of Anarchy. I guess that's also possible. Um, <laughs> I do. I like the bit where Luffy uh, tries to hop. On, like he uses his his powers to like jump up and get on one of the flying fish and like trade places with one of them, and then he almost dies by going in the water. Yeah, you forgot their fish. The the part of the flying fish riders, their <laughs> fish. And Luffy then gets chop- preoccupied as soon as he's like, "Oh, that seems like something cool." He's more interested in that than fighting. Uh, <laughs> that's so I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, Brooke and Chopper dive in after him and have to be saved. <laughs> and they almost do it again after that, too. The savers become the savies. Well, that doesn't make would... sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, so Hachi gets out of the cage and 
and the b- battle ensues as, as we mentioned. It is really cool, and we get to see Brooke really work his stuff here with the mm-hmm. lullaby parry and the running on the water until he couldn't anymore and he starts sinking. Um, we see that Zoro isn't really fully recovered from Kuma's attack back on Thriller Bark. It's kind of a yeah. point throughout throughout uh, Sabaudi. Yeah, and I like how important that is to everything here. It's great. Like, I really like how Oda will sort of, like, you could think that at the end of one arc, he could sort of reset, you know, but it's great that he carries elements and things impact uh, the next arc like that. And Luffy accidentally sees uh, Duval's real face uh, under the mask and uh, is shocked to the point where his hair stands on end in ridiculous fashion. Uh, and th- then we get into and, and what, we, what we were talking about, Ed, with uh, Zoro. But Zoro still manages to do some cool stuff with Brook and, and Hachi. And uh, mm. they wreck up the place until a giant bison comes, <laughs> who's probably the highlight of this arc for me. You like Motobaro? With I'm a the, big his, Motobaro fan. His deadly horns that don't matter. <laughs> it's a great gag. I like that gag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just this entire arc is the setup for a gag character. <laughs> yeah, I, that's maybe one of the reasons I love it so much. This is the, <laughs> Should we get into it? <laughs> we might yeah. as well. I mean, this is kind of like the Davy Back fight for what we're getting into next. That's, I guess, kind of like what Oda thought of this as. Because uh, we find out that he has a grudge against Sanji. A grudge, but who could it be? It's from a. It's not from a long time ago, though. Although he's been waiting for a long time, which doesn't make sense. But hmm, who could it be? Did you guys have any thoughts as to who it could be before the mask came off? I think I remember kind of thinking like maybe it's someone who visited his restaurant. Did they even mention that somebody? Yeah, they do. What? Like yeah, like, yeah. San- Sanji was pissing people off all the time back then. Could yeah, been, yeah. It could have been Gein. <laughs> I, oh, I think man. a lot of people did think that on on AP back in the day. Uh, or it could have been a full body if he quit the Marine suddenly. Uh, no, yeah. but he had his own whole own story. I don't. I you know. I never really put. Anyway, Ed, do you want to reveal who it actually is? It's Sanji's wanted poster. What do you he, mean Sanji's wanted poster? His face is Sanji's wanted poster, and he's cool. the kind of idiot fool that would never bother to change his appearance in order to not be it. My favorite, it, th- my favorite thing are all the reactions. Uh, Nami saying, "Ah, the world is a big place," uh, and Usopp saying, "Oh, he was born under a charm star," and Robin saying, "He's sure to die an interesting death." Uh, it's, uh, I like man. that we're seeing more of her personality here. <laughs> Yeah, Duvall's face is one of my favorite gags of the entire series. Like, when I think about, like, what's great about One Piece and the fact that Oda can, like, pull in elements that you're not expecting, like, this is one of the first things that I always go to in my mind, for sure. Um, yeah. It's... I like when Brooke points and laughs at Sanji, like, oh, two peas in a pod. And Sanji's like, I will kill you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what what happens next, Ed? Uh... Yeah, well, well, we get this great sequence with the gown cannon and the chicken voyage. Yeah. It's like, the way that they reveal this with the... I mean, they kind of... They over, he over-explains it a little bit, but it's just so cool-looking. Like, the art is so cool for the gown cannon and the uh, and the chicken voyage. It just, it just blows me away, like, every time. No, it's great. 
Um, And it's so crazy how powerful both of those moves are. Mm -hmm. And also the giant anchor, come on. Yeah, But also we do establish that mermaids are extremely, they're the fastest creatures in the sea, basically, because he tries to, like, Duval tries to have Sanji drag down to the bottom of the ocean with an iron net. We also also establish, which which Ed, I think we were discussing before this, is kind of the theme of this arc, is that uh, the hockey thing, and Luffy first demonstrates it with Motobaro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, the, the the horns didn't matter at all. Well, I mean, the with with the hockey specifically, I think I think it's yeah. very interesting. Um, so in the end, Sanji reshapes his face and he turns into an even more hideous creature. Uh, He's beautiful. <laughs> we and we also get that little bit when uh, after Kami saves Sanji that um, he bleeds so much from the nose. Chopper's like, or, you know, just just let him die. You know, you, you can't bleed too much from the nose. That's that's so bad, man. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's uh, stupid. It was a stupid way to die. Yeah, it's a very stupid way to die. Just <laughs> remember how stupid that is, Sanji. Uh, so yeah, we have the we have this nice scene where they're all enjoying their takoyaki uh, and eating it in a way that should literally destroy mouths. Uh, yeah, it's like lava. And Luffy has at least fifty of them in his mouth, and continu- and tries to take them right off the stove. Burnt rubber. <laughs> I wish we had names for these episodes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that's what I'd call it. Uh, it th- this is a cute little scene. I like this yeah. whole scene a lot. And Nami finally forgiving Hachi because of how good the food is. So everyone knows a way to a woman uh, woman's heart is through her stuff. No, wait, that's a man's heart. Um, <laughs> that doesn't work. Uh, speaking of men, yeah, so Handsome uh, shows up, uh, part of the rosy life writers. Uh, <laughs> talking about you know, like, trying to wink and talking about how he wants to ride a white horse, just off in his own world, even though the women still don't find him attractive. You can't, he's, he's still getting the hang of being attractive, you know. He hasn't gotten the wink down. It. Yeah, it's, it's understandable. Uh, no cure for uh, stupidity. stupidity. Yeah. And, oh, and now Papa explains everything. And so, yeah, let's see how quickly I could do this. There are two ways to get to the new world. You either have to go to Mary Joa, you have to leave your ship behind. That sounds like a no, no-go no also because it's Mary Joa, uh, the place. Everything has more than one pronunciation. Uh, it's the place where, uh, you know, the, the Holy Land, the place where the government, the world government officials preside. Uh, or you could go under there to Fishman Island where there's a little hole that's actually quite enormous, and you could coat your ship to get there, but we don't really find out what that is because we've arrived at what I'm going to call the archipelago on the Grand Line. <laughs> uh, and there's soap bubbles that are not really soap bubbles, but bubbles emanating out from under it, it mysteriously. And They're that's what bubbles. the root of that word that we are having trouble pronouncing is, right? Like the yes. Spanish word for soap or something like that? Portuguese, I, I believe. Portuguese, okay. Maybe you should look up the Portuguese pronunciation for that word, and that's how we'll, we'll pronounce it. Um, it's really, this is probably one of my favorite, uh, I don't know, what it, places, uh, just like in how it's, the design is so cool and it's so different. And it's nice to get something that's not just an island, right? Yeah, it's an inhabited place that's important to the story. Doesn't affect the log pose. 
doesn't affect the log pose. I don't, that really doesn't influence me subjectively. Uh, but it has all these, uh, it, in typical Oda fashion, it has all these like little quirks about it. I mean, obviously it's geographically in different zones. There are 79 of them. Uh, mm -hmm. They also never rise above there during high tide because mangroves exist in real life. It's just they usually get obscured during high tide. Mm -hmm. um, and the soap bubbles or not soap bubbles, sap bubbles, I think is technically what they are. Uh, resin. Resin bubbles uh, are, are really cool uh, concepts. I would have never, of course, I would have never thought of that. Joey, the question is, would you have thought of that? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. No. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what do you guys think of this initial arrival part? I just get, you know, I love the Zoro being like, oh, I'm not going to get lost, guys. Come on. What kind of idiot do you think I am? Grove one, right? <laughs> I think it just kind of like, it's, it, with these sort of smaller places, it's kind of cool to see what I was saying with Oda trying different kinds of land formations. Kind of like the long ring, long land is a little bit different than your typical large, uh, massive land. And with this archipelago, it's it's totally different, and so that was exciting. And, and the striped trees are cool. Yeah. Um, I I also like that you know we we get to see how like we go and get souvenirs, the Grauman, whatever they're called. We go oh, there. the Grand Line Manju buns. The Manju buns. We Grand get Manju. to. I mean, we go. That we spend a lot of time in the, what do you call it, the amusement park. Uh, well, that's later. Bit, that's a little after. bit later. Yeah. But it, we get immediately also introduced to the fact that this place has a dark, not past, but dark present, to be mm -hmm. fair. Uh, and when Hachi warns specifically, if anything happens in town, even if someone dies or is killed right in front of you, you cannot do a thing to the celestial dragons, the world nobles. And we see that as they disembark that he's covered up his sun pirate's tattoo on his face. Yes, which we find out that that's a Sun Pirates tattoo during uh, Amazon Lily. Amazon Lily. Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting to see. He also covers up his uh, four additional arms. Uh, so clearly something's going on here. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we also learn that all of these bubble souvenirs only work within a certain you know, radius of the island and in Fishman Island, which is also important to note. Mm -hmm. And here's where we get to see our first slave, Zach. Yes, this is... The uh, 60 million berry pirate captain, Devil Diaz. Yeah, he uh, he never would have made it in the New World. Because he died here. Uh, he Well, died might be a strong word. But he tries to take his collar off, and we find out that doing that uh, makes them explode. And uh, also makes everyone else explode. Uh, rightfully so, but still. And, and so, if and it's, and it's Sentamaru who identifies him. We, we we see him. We, he doesn't get identified for like another volume, but uh, so yeah. Ed, I, I just have a question. So, yeah. if you were a dog with a bubble on your head and you see a corpse, a flaming corpse on the street, uh, what would you do in that situation? Well, I would have to put out the fire with Ed. my urine. Oh, that seems that seems a little cruel. But if you were a celestial dragon dog, that would be the correct answer. Uh, you got to mark that territory. That dog wants to own that slave. <laughs> that That's how a, dogs buy slaves. <laughs> that is an evil, 
evil dog. And speaking of evil, here are two evil, evil, evil people. Uh, we got St. Rosewald and St. Sharia, who I just watched these uh, with you at Otakon Ed in season seven. And damn it, but these voices are so on point. Uh, I'm so Actually, happy well, with I mean, what they most, do. More, more than all of them is uh, Chalros. Yes. He's the best one, but these two are also very good. Well, Charles is the MVP English voice of that set. Well, they definitely have the perfect, um, the waspy Connecticut voice that <laughs> you just loathe. I'm sorry, wasp Connecticut people that are listening. but uh, Go cry into your stacks of money. Yes, please. And if you don't want to cry into them, you could give them to me. I'm fine with that, too. But Speaking of the anime, though, I definitely... Talking about our first impressions of uh, the uh, Shabandi or whatever we're going to call it, uh, I definitely like the sound effect that they use for the bubbles. Like, has definitely like made an imprint on my mind, and I hear that when I read these chapters. Well, it's because of the, uh, the 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 chap the episode at the end. It's such a great episode. Yeah, I, no, I feel I like yeah. that's that's the sound we're left with silence and that sound at the end of that episode. It really imprinted on my. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. On your inner lobes of your brain. Um, yeah. And oh, just... they explain more about the celestial dragons. So if you attack one, an admiral will come and mess you up, basically take you prisoner. And eight hundred years ago, twenty kings are what banded together to create the world government, and these are the descendants of those kings. But Ed, I have another question. The descendant of the nineteen kings that went to Mary Joa. Well that's a that's a question for another day. Okay. So Ed, I have another I have a question for you. All right. Um so let's say your slave is lying on the ground and basically dead. What would you do in that situation? Well I would have to shoot him. Would you kick him first a bit? Yes, yes. I gotta teach him a lesson before he dies. And you're gonna make a great, complete asshole when you grow <laughs> up. Uh, I've already got the chin for it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to have any of the, the celestial dragons. I mean, except I maybe Saint Sharia are all hideous. Um, I think that's a fair statement. And everyone's dressed like Joey. Have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life? I have not. Uh, I know of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone, everyone in the afterlife is wearing these ridiculous onesie, you know, belted onesie, you know, robe thingies, just like the celestial dragons wear. <laughs> um. So yeah, you want to let's go on to the bounty hunting punching. And yeah. <laughs> I guess there's not much to say about that. Yeah, there's a lot of crappy bounty hunters in Groves one through twenty nine, which is the lawless zone. Uh, yeah, everything's split up by tens. Uh, we end up at Shaki's ripoff bar, and man, it really is a ripoff bar. <laughs> it says it on on the sign. Yeah, um, and she's yeah. in the middle of ripping someone off. So excuse me one second. Uh, it's a uh, it's a great little scene. She knows uh, she knows them very well. She knows she's known Hachi for a, a long time. And uh, she likes to make like Kami uncomfortable, like talking about how she wants to get married to Hachi and stuff. I, it's a great little moment there. Uh, she's really cool. I like her. Uh, she's got great uh, giraffe hide pants. She's probably one of my favorite mysterious characters that we don't know anything about, which there are a lot of in One Piece. Um, I really like her design and her and her look and her. Uh, I'm gonna say indeterminate age. Uh, yeah, well, you she... definitely have to like wonder about her relationship with the other older fellow that we see later. Well, also, I mean, Garp used to chase her around all over the place. She quit being a pirate forty years ago, for God's sake. Forty years ago, for forty God's sakes, forty with a four and a zero. Mm-hmm. She gives uh, Chopper cotton candy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. So cute. 
I guess she figured that out from the wanted poster, which right, right. isn't really that difficult to figure out when you think about it. Uh, and Luffy helps himself to the fridge, and while that happens, Shaki does a lot of important exposition uh, here. I just want to point out something before we get to the like the the, the, the talking about the yeah. talking about the supernovas is that two old women scold Luffy for not reading the newspaper in these volumes. Uh, Nyon does it, and Shaki does it too. Just spreading us re- all over the place. What if people are reading while we're kids these days? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody you reads. Got to read the newspaper, man. You got to know what's going on. But so, um, so we find out that the Grand Line is kind of like a survival tournament, and those who remain are here at the uh, archipelago. And I'm not saying the name of the archipelago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and <laughs> the archipelago that shall not be named. <laughs> Harry Potter fans. Uh, so we find out that there are uh, 11 people there with bounties over 100 million, including Luffy and Zoro, and there's one who is higher, and let's find out who they are. Uh, why don't you start us off with our first uh, first one, Joey? That is Capone, Gang, Beige. Beige? Beige? Is that how we said? Beige? Beige? <laughs> beige? Um, I thought, I mean... They, the Capone passed... that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Capone's great. Love him. Love his like mafia uh, theme. Ed, you He's could drinking some us, wine, yeah. red wine, I assume. Vulgar woman, just spoiling my meal. <laughs> I love that Funimation actually does that voice. It's, very... it's I mean, it's oh, less ridiculous good. than that, but it's still it's still very mafioso-y. <laughs> How could you not? No, but the guy who's like that wouldn't be good, further. It's so it's so jumble. It's I can't. It's so thick that accent in the Funimation one. But uh, he's from the West Blue. He's the captain of the Fire Tank Pirates. I wonder what that means. Ed, who's next? Next is a woman sitting on top of a table, legs akimbo, dirty plates all over the place, stuffing food into her face. From the South Blue, Bonnie Pirates captain, glutton jewelry bunny, bounty one hundred and forty million berries, named after the famous female pirate Anne Bonnie. She got spaghetti on my clothes. Such were the fate of your pants. Yes. Uh, we got magician Basil Hawkins, who is worth $249 million, and is from the North Blue, uh, and also a captain. And I think we might have agreed probably as one of the most badass voices of, of them. We were just watching this in the Funimation version. That's why we're talking about it a lot. Um, uh, Joey, who's next? Eustace Kid. A real mean-looking dude with spiky hair and goggles and a furry jacket. <laughs> That's what makes him badass. <laughs> and his buddy Scratch Man a poo with some uh, interesting-looking teeth. Yeah. He's the uh, kid is the captain of the Kid Pirates, obviously. He's from the South Blue. It's interesting to note that uh, I think three of the supernovas are from the South Blue, Kid, Killer, and Bonnie, and also three are from the North Blue, and we'll get to them in a second. And uh, Apu's from the Grand Line, part of the Long Arm Tribe. Also, our first like real character who is part of that tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed, who's next? Next it's, from it's the North Blue. Song, yeah. Yes. Well, maybe less so these days, but still very much so. Uh, <laughs> from the North Blue Pirates, the North Blue Drake Pirates captain, Red Flag Dies Drake. Bounty, 222 million berries. And then, and then rising in my rankings, personally, is yes. uh, Mad Monk Arouge, which if you've been listening to our Skypea stuff, uh, you could probably now listen to the Reverie segment because we talk a lot about Arouge in it and the fact that he is uh, Bilkin. Uh, and he is from he's from a Sky Island, is what I think is meant to be said here, because there's no the Sky Island. There, there are many of them. Uh, the and follow- he's yeah. carrying a strange black 
uh, pillar. Yeah, it's a kind of indescript and never really explained what exactly that is. Um, I might as well finish us off here on this page with Murder Machine Killer. Uh, the name that Oda gave up with. Uh, he couldn't think of a he couldn't think of a good name. But he's uh, actually the sub the vice captain of the Kid Pirates, also from the South Blue. And Joey, I think our final one may require some squeeing here. Squee, look at those jeans. What a hunk. It's <laughs> the uh the master of uh oh shoot, I forgot the you know, the pickup artist. It's uh the surgeon of death, Trafalgar Law. The pickup artist? Yeah, isn't he mo- modeled after that guy that wrote the books about how to pick up ladies or whatever? Oh god, that weirdo? I believe that has been floated around the One Piece that community. Might, that might be that might be a rumor. <laughs> I don't think that's been confirmed. I don't think that's been confirmed. I would hope not. I really would. Uh, but, but yeah, him, Drake, and Hawkins are all from North Blue. Killer, Kid, and uh, and uh, Bonnie are all from South Blue. It's interesting to note. Like you, you wonder if they interacted before you know they got here. It's interesting also to note that the Surgeon of Death calls uh, calls out Drake for the people he's apparently killed. Um, curious and curiouser. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we head back as uh, Shaki rounds out that uh, that little description, uh, explaining that you know this is just this, these are all that have remained in the in this tournament. Uh, and then Luffy's like, hey, yeah, I'm a little worried about you with all these crazy people out there. And, and then and about not you about the uh, about the coder that they're supposed to meet. And she explains he's about a hundred times stronger than all of them. What? Good cliffhanger, but we still have stuff to do, and the most important thing to do is to talk about Peterman. Uh, now, I could talk about Peterman and his slave catalog all day long, <laughs> but uh, no. What, do you guys have anything you want to mention at the beginning of this chapter? He is creepy as hell. Yes, he is creepy, but, uh, deservingly so. But uh, you know, throughout all of this, Kami has really said that she wants so much to go to the amusement park, like, back, you know, even before they got off the ship, I think. And, uh, you know, they decide to go. They're, like, they're going to go look for the, uh, the, the the coding guy. So we'll go to the amusement park, because he might be there, but he's probably in the lawless area. But they go to the amusement park, and they have so much fun in the amusement park. But uh, they're, it's just like every child's nightmare that some creepy mascot character is just going to come abduct you. Uh, now, I want to say the anime makes this like a half episode, which is fine, since, to be frank, I think it's around half a chapter. Um, the the stuff on the Ferris wheel and the uh, roller coaster. I, I do love the gag that Brooke is the one afraid of everything. Um, I, I love that the amusement park also incorporates bubbles into all of its rides and things. Yes, it's really cool. But mm-hmm. you know what? Um, I think we need to get to... The more unpleasant stuff. We could talk about the pleasant stuff all day, uh, as as creepy as it eventually gets. Uh, wh- who's the character we get next here, Ed? It's your it's your favorite character, as you profess. To relate. <laughs> you relate Saint- to you relate because of uh, that, that. Not no, that is not true. I know, I know. It's uh, Saint Char- Saint Charlos, one of the celestial dragons, and uh, we see that even Uruj bends the knee to the celestial dragons because he's not an idiot. Um, <laughs> That's one reason. <laughs> he comes across a, a, a like a, there's you're carrying a guy on a like a stretcher, like one of those you know you know those stretchers I'm talking about. Um, but he, like, he he knocks it like for you know crossing his path. He knocks it over and he like kicks him. He kicks a dying man. Uh, yeah, the lives of the commanders depend on people like him, so he can do whatever he wants basically. So Ed, if you were him, 
what would you do if, let's say, someone's fiance happened to be there? You're like, hmm, not bad looking. Well, I would have to take the woman and kill the man. Oh, you see, that's that's exactly the answer here. That uh, that's whatever. I do what I want. Yeah, it's basically if Cartman were in charge of the world, this is probably <laughs> what it would look like. Um, it almost happened in that one episode with the Civil War reenactors. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> so you know why the Celestial Dragons uh, are like this? S'more schnapps. Celestial dragons are just very superstitious about commoners crossing their paths. Yeah. It's like black hats. Exactly. <laughs> Zoro interrupts the scene uh, to ask him if he needs directions. Because Zoro hasn't been listening to anything that anyone has been saying. Um, yeah. But uh, Bonnie saves his ass by charging in, like, changing to look like a small girl and spilling tomato juice on him. You know, even though, like, even Charles, as stupid as he is, can tell that Zoro dodged his bullets. But he's like, well, whatever, as long as he's dead. He doesn't bother to go look. His laziness betrays him. Your laziness betrays you. Um, Everyone's impressed by Zoro. They can't believe he's I, only the first I name. also, Bonnie's the perfect person because, of course, she'd have ketchup packets on her. Exactly. She just left a restaurant. <laughs> no, it was a bottle of tomato sauce, tomato juice, or something like that. Whatever it is. I think she said it was ketchup, I thought. Makes sense. Uh, oh, it's tomato juice. You're right. Tomato yeah. juice. Um, and, and, and everyone reacts to how stupid and reckless uh, Zoro is and how he should be the pirate captain, of course, because uh, what could the captain look like if he's... Anyway, uh, so we have tea time with Usopp, Sanji, and Frankie, who get interrupted. Uh, would you like to read what Chopper says here? Oh, um, <laughs> hold on, let me see. Let me get, let me get this up here. Um, yeah, Chopper is, uh, oh, it, it's all because they've got, they got lots, lots of ice cream flavors. Um, <laughs> I forgot Kimi, how ridiculous that, uh, Kimi's been kidnapped, is. guys. Oh, man. Chopper's one weakness. <laughs> ice cream. I mean, kidnappers. Um, so he calls in the flying fish riders to save them as Peterman flies away in his bubble thingy. And instead of the flying fish riders, the handsome comes uh, with his rosy life riders, or whatever they're called now. Uh, yeah, that's what they're called. I love the way they start that chapter. It's a whole half a page of just Duval's face. Sparkling face. Yeah. Um, I no also, winking. Even more impressive is the face uh, that he makes when he realizes he wasn't the hit he expected to be, as we kind of mentioned earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, love how, I love how Chopper and Brooke have a siesta and wait. <laughs> yeah, get, no one else likes that. They get they get big, they get beaten for it. You know, rightfully so. It's like Brooke, Brooke makes the good point. Like, well, everyone else ran off, but he told us to sit here and wait, so I'm just going to do that. Meanwhile, uh, Luffy, Hachi, and Papagoo go to uh, a, one of the human auction houses, human shops. Uh, sorry, there's a great fake mermaid at this human shop <laughs> who is literally trying to swim. <laughs> Disturb, just disturbing. That's all I gotta yeah. say. We find out that the slavery of fishmen and mermaids was common until 200 years ago, when relations with the world government were normalized with Fishman Island. But in Sabaudi, it's still the same. And and also, the celestial dragons can pretty much enslave anyone they want who isn't a citizen of a nation uh, uh, protected by the world government. Yeah, I'm surprised they even have that limitation. 
Anyway, yeah. uh, so we we find out all those disturbing truths. Meanwhile, Peterman drops off his uh, package at the mm-hmm. uh, human auction on Grove One, and mm-hmm. we see that there are a lot of big guests there, including the two assholes, Celestial Dragons, with uh, who we later find out to be their slave, John Bart. Uh, we also have the Kid Pirates, uh, so that includes Killer, explaining that compared to the mighty and simple pure hearts, the world's villains are much more humane. They're they're nothing by comparison. Yeah, cute, we're so uh, we're yeah we're cute by comparison. He says, it's crazy. Uh, oh, and Zach, if you were a, a slave auction house owner, and yes. you know the uh, mermaid that you just got was mouthing off to you, what would you do? Um, kick her in the face? No, no, no. You have to kick her in the gut. Leaves oh. no marks. Okay. This game uh, is very grim. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's no other... We did, we did skip over the fact that uh, Law is there with a bear. Law is there with a bear and a middle finger. Um, in case you forgot. Uh, in the anime, he just uh, looks over. And that's it. Sort of, it sort of sneers at him, you know? No, he doesn't but... really do anything. He just is like, hey. Hey, kid. How's it going? You can see the middle finger in his eyes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so keep us going. Uh, Indeed. Uh, but we uh, see that someone has made Disco pass out, and it, holy shit, as we should say, this was chapter 500. Yeah, we probably should have mentioned that. And we introduce an amazing character. For the first, the, we don't introduce him, actually. It's his first appearance in hundreds and hundreds of chapters. Since chapter 3. Not chapter three, since volume three. Right, since volume three, yeah, like yeah. in the in the uh, probably in the twenties of chapters, but yeah, uh, yeah. four hundred and seventy-five chapters later, it's Roger's first mate, Silver's Rayleigh, last seen punching Shanks and Buggy in the head. <laughs> I love how that was included, and it was in an SBS uh, that we discussed last week, actually. Uh, really, it was like, hey, who is this guy? I know he's not Roger. You said they were a Roger ship. It's like, oh, that's the first mate. Um, and lo and behold, just a few volumes later, here he is. Uh, and Shanks reacts when uh, he finds out about it, saying, "What? we can't start a war with two legends at the same time. Um, so just, you gotta leave it alone. There's nothing we could do. Don't tell anyone. Hide it <laughs> under the rug. He uh, sold himself to pay off his own gambling debts, and we, as we find out later, he was just going to rob the person who bought him. <laughs> uh, and we also see uh, the connection to Do Flamingo like immediately because you have the same uh, same one we saw at Skypea uh, mm-hmm. in the background. Uh, so it's interesting him his weaving into this story this early on here. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, we also discover that, shit, there are a lot of other races in the One Piece world. Actually, before we get to that, I do want to mention that uh, the first guy, uh, I don't know if they say his name, the first slave they sell is from the West Blue, and he has a history with music. And so I thought that that was really interesting to, you know, since Brooke is also from the West Blue and has a history with music and comes from a family with music. His name is Byron. Oh, his name is Byron. Yeah, it would be interesting to, like, compile all the information about the different segments of the world and kind of get a general idea of, like, what the differences are. I could definitely see a relation between Byron and Brooke um, in some fashion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Ed, go on. Yeah. um, So, you know, Sanji's just disgusted by all this. Um, But we, we see that Zoro is accidentally heading towards Grove 1. Um, yeah, we set that up earlier with him getting lost. Um, and Duval's like, did you notice that uh, 
I didn't change directions. I've been hitting the Grove one this entire time. I will get there first and send a... <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen at all. Um, so Sanji uh, calls him out for it. Um, and we it's interesting that they pay off the government to sell slaves, and we see Sengoku later on refer to it as the Employment Assistance Office, one of the better yeah. euphemisms in One Piece. Uh, yeah. It's like governmental, whatever, like when you make acronyms for things that are terrible. Mm-hmm. Or call things the Patriot Act. Um, <laughs> sorry if no I child, Yeah, uh, No child left behind. <laughs> hey, is Squardo in here? <laughs> um. That's an odd reference. Um, and, and Nami then decides, look, we're not going to be able to steal her back here because we're going to get in way worse shit if we do that. Mm-hmm. So why don't we just steal, steal her back by the shop's rules and buy her? If we have enough money... Uh, from Thriller Bark, let's let's do that. Yeah, and we see the kid. Kid says he wants to see just how crazy Luffy is, and uh, we find, also find out that Ace is going to be publicly executed, and that this means war, war uh, with Whitebeard. Pretty important there. Yeah, I think that's. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there's a there's a doom, but I think a dum 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 would have been more appropriate there. I agree. Or a ta-da, ta-da. That's my favorite. Ta-da does not fit there at all. <laughs> Anyway, uh, can anyone do a Charlos impression? Nah, that's probably better. Okay, that's that's about right. Um, and so he gets off his slave and is a complete asshole. And you know, you know the story. We see the nose. and we see the one pirate Lakuba who bites off his own tongue to kill oh, himself to not brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but Disco teases the crowd with the silhouette of a mermaid, and Nami is planning on buying her back. She has what she has what two hundred million berries. But no, Charlos bids five hundred million, auction over. That was immediately. You, it's, there's not, it's you see her, and that's it. Uh, Kids just like, this is the way of the world. Like they're so resigned to it, which is funny because he's like nineteen. I can't believe he's nineteen. That's just nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, how old is Luffy? He's seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Luffy's a kid. Mm-hmm. Even I, even though he's not really a kid. I think Zoro and Sanji are nineteen, kid, right? What? Kid. Captain oh, Kid. Kid is a kid. Kid's just a kid. A little guy. Um, little guy who kills people. Uh, so, so yeah, Luffy and Zoro, uh, who got dragged along with Luffy, got to uh, knock, knock into the wall and kind of interrupt the festivities that Charlos was having. Yeah. No, he, he's talking about how he, his, his, his father tells him, you have piranhas in your tank. This isn't going to work. Oh, they can play tag. Oh. <laughs> God. Oh. Uh. Yeah, uh, so Hachi, you know, he's trying to you know keep Luffy from charging the stage because uh, you know Kami's gonna get blown up if he does. But it, he unveils his other arms, and people are just freaking out in the in the uh, in the auction house. What and, this is such an amazing, amazing, amazing scene. Yeah, it's yeah, trying Hachi, to really paint how other people see fishmen. Where he's saying a fishman, how disgusting. Yeah. Well, also these are the snobby rich Connecticut. I don't like. It. I'm sorry, Connecticut, but um, the, the the snobby people. Uh, yeah, they're they're you know they're they're terrible people. And like Hachi, like he begs him not to do anything. Like he begs him not to, you know. This is this is you know. I, we should we should have known better. We should have you know. We should have Ed, we should have been here at all. Yeah. I, I have a question. Um, so let's say uh, a celestial dragon shoots one of your friends and then dances about it and sings about it. Uh, and, you know, it's generally a complete asshole about it. What would you do in that situation? I would have to punch him in the face. 
seems... in an awesome double page spread. <laughs> that's the only that's, way to do it. That's the way you end the volume right there. That's yeah. a, it's uh, most satisfying. I, I think I was reading this week to week ad, um, mm-hmm. which we kind of forgot to mention the the history we have with this arc. This seems like an appropriate time. Um, this was my first arc reading week to week, and every chapter was super satisfying. It was not like the middle of Thriller Park, I'll put it that way. Uh, and this, this what a what an insane chapter because you're like, oh shit! Now we're gonna see an admiral. Now we're gonna see warships, and things are really gonna go crazy. Mm-hmm. Speaking of cover, of volume fifty two. Uh, this you guys this one. This one? This one I like. I really do. Uh, I, I like the winking Rayleigh. It's, uh, do you yeah. think he's a half-moon person? <laughs> yeah, where are his wings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one That one I think is... I don't know, maybe there's a hidden message there, but I, I'm... You get the chopsticks in the nose of the chopper. Nice. Yes. Uh, I just like the whole... I like the atmosphere. Joey, like what, what do you think of this one? Very pink. <laughs> That's all you gotta say. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice shot of the crew. You know, it's 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 a. a I feel like shot. it's not like especially interesting. Besides the fact that it's a really great picture of all the crew together, uh, especially like, with what's going to happen. You right, know, yeah, uh, it's, it's nice to see them all together. It's kind of like uh, it's kind of like volume fifty one in that way. In the, it's just a a lot of characters sort of together. I think I yeah, think it's, a little more body language than in yeah. the the other one. I think this is if you're gonna have a, spre- uh, a cover like this, this is absolutely the right time to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, and especially, well, we'll talk about that another time. Um, so I love how we just get a few pages of just reaction shots. Yeah. Um, and they're all really well drawn, and you you get like the idea of the gravity of the situation through it. The supernovas are totally loving it. Oh yeah, look at look at that kid. Look at that face on kid. It's funny that the three people who were kind of saved by it looked the most distraught, which Papag and Amy and... Uh, and yeah, well, they, know, they know what this means. They yeah. know what this means. Yeah, yeah. The supernovas love the mayhem and also that they're not going to get blamed for it. <laughs> <laughs> Little do they know, they'll totally get blamed for it. Um, so I, I also like how Zora was... I mean, he was oblivious to what was going on, but Zora was prepared to do something right there. Um yeah. He had the sword out already, and everyone's like, "Okay, let's let's uh let's get the show on the road." And so Sanji also uh, helps attack a bunch of the these these cone-headed guys, which uh, I'm trying to keep an eye out with celestial dragon appearances, which are few and far between. But mm-hmm. uh, the, if you actually, I think Greg pointed this out. If you go back to the Reverie uh, part in uh, the Drum Island, which I think is Volume. 13 no 15 something like that um you actually see 16 yeah you actually see these guys uh Hmm. you see the you see the pointed head pointy headed guys uh which it's very interesting they're clearly not that powerful because uh Zoro and sanji make easy work of them but after they get taken out usopp crashes through the roof with an atomic butt drop and he takes out saint roswald and it's funny because you can see it they do an extreme close-up on his face as as the impact hits and his glasses break (laughs) my favorite part okay so luffy gets the admiral there by punching him in the face and usopp does it by hitting him with his butt accidentally um And so Shaoria yeah, is like, and Usopp, like, he apologizes for it. He's like, who are you? What's that bear? Um, uh, but we see that Shaoria pulls, she pulls out a gun, 
for uh, for Kami, but she uh, actually shoots Disco. Oh which yeah, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I mean, she could do whatever the hell she wants as far as she's concerned. Uh, so, mean, yeah, Dis- she- Disco gets the uh, gets the auction house. He's uh, he's not hurting. Well, I mean, he will be. Uh, <laughs> so as everyone prepares to attack Sharia. Uh, while she's about to kill Kami, something happens, and Sharia passes out in a very familiar fashion, and in comes a giant and a small man, who we call Rayleigh, uh, walking in. We'd seen the giant before. He was the guy who's like, come on, man, I knew that was you with the hockey before. I love Rayleigh's character, and I think this perfectly describes it here. Um... Joey, I mean, if you have thoughts on this this grand entrance here, yeah, this entrance is great. You know, he doesn't he does not care at all what's going on. He's he's feeling pretty good. He's not wor- He doesn't have much worry, and that's what really gives you the idea of how much power he has. And the conquerors hockey, the conquerors king hockey, just it's, it's nuts. It's all nuts. And I love that two page spread. That's probably one of my favorite two page spreads. And he says that he want he has been waiting to meet Luffy too, which is uh, which is a very interesting. And also saying that the straw hat fits well on a fearless man like yourself. It's all I love all of this. Uh, clearly uh, foreshadowing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so Ed, you want to get us into the mayhem? Yeah, everybody scramble. Uh, and Bonnie's like, hey, I was right about these guys. They are crazy. Uh, and we get that we get like the bit with the poo and like. Capone, he's basically, he's out of here. Um, They're all out of here except for Apu. Yeah, Apu likes to live dangerously. <laughs> but, you know, Hawkins, you know, he, he he has a good premonition. Today is not the day he will die. Uh, but So Sengoku's stressed because it's the only yeah. thing Sengoku ever is. Uh, so they have to send an admiral and one volunteers, and it's not one we've seen yet. It is Kizaru, the yellow monkey, right? That's the... Yep. Uh, so we got that really good scene. We also see Disco post getting shot, uh, talking to Doflamingo, uh, which I want to talk a little bit more in the reverie segment about this, um, unless there's, but I mean, the gist of it is Whitebeard Pirates versus the seven warlords of the sea and Doflamingo being generally evil and saying, I don't care about the human shop. I got other things to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we go into the chaos outside of the human shop and some guy with headphones on. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, but uh, I, I love the, the gag that Rayleigh is all badass and takes the collar off. But Frankie has the keys. <laughs> it didn't matter at all. <laughs> no, did not matter at all. Uh, and yeah, is there is there anything else you want to mention before this fight gets into full gear here? And I do mean that literally. I just like all the little interactions between the kid, Law, and Luffy when they're still in the auction house before they leave completely. Like, uh, we find out that, um, we, we find out his name later, but one of Law's uh, henchmen, his name is, uh, I think, Shachi, he's like, oh, God, I almost passed out there. Penguin loves Shachi. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the two non-bear henchmen are Penguin and Shachi. And, uh, yeah, he, he almost passed out from the hockey, which I just thought was funny. And now really uh, has a giant who owes him a favor. So... That's also always interesting. And also the straw hats. He says Mm -hmm. both. Um, And so the fight begins, and we get really... This might be one of the craziest fights up through this point, Mm -hmm. uh, because Luffy's powers obviously are weird, but uh, you get Law's powers, which are undefined as to this point. He he controls a space within a room, it seems like. Yeah, I remember... Oh, go ahead, sorry. And Kid has, like, Magneto powers. What were we yeah, say, yeah. Joey, about it? Oh, I just remember being totally confused by what was going on with Law. 
like reading it over and over again and being like, okay, whatever. <laughs> now, uh, Stephen has since retranslated shambles as chambres or chambers, uh, which fits more with the room theme and kind of makes sense a lot more in retrospect. It would have been a much bigger hint if we... Uh, yeah, I think that was word down from Shueisha uh, directly that, that that was the translation. Yeah, that is that is and that is the official translation. It's been used in English, spelled out since then. Um, it's it's a... Uh, but shambles had been the, the common usage up until that point. It makes sense people. to think that it would be shambles. Because I mean... you're shambling up stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Everything's um, in shambles, yeah. But, you know, when you... I'm not going to say much here, but you... Yeah, you obviously at some point are going to learn a little more about what the hell law is doing, and it makes more sense if you think of it like that. So, uh, new readers reading along, think of it as a room a diff in a different language and not as shambles. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, so, they all call each other strange, and they call Luffy the strangest, which is definitely <laughs> not true, because law <laughs> is literally bouncing ahead uh, up and down on, on his hand. Yeah. Uh, we, we get uh, Beppo. He does his like kung fu crane kick bear stuff. Yeah, I it's love great. that we get to see all the uh, the crew of, all, of each respective captain. Kind of. We, we get the the heavy metal fire breathing guy. <laughs> love him. He has a name, I'm sure, but I don't. I just don't remember it. And then handsome is there too, and mm -hmm. every, everyone gets to do a little something, which is great. We actually find out that Beppo is a very sensitive bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's very sensitive and very into his position in the crew, uh, because when John Bart is recruited quickly, uh, Beppo asserts himself. Uh, mm -hmm. More importantly here, uh, for some reason, Kuma is also here just to make things crazier, and uh, Kid and Law at different times run into run into Kuma. The same, the same one. Um, Things just start escalating like faster and faster. Before they point. escalate, I think it's time you know, we take a little break. Have a little soda and tea, and discuss a little bit about the past uh, in one of the meatiest uh, chapters, I think, in One Piece history, at least ex ex uh, exposition-wise. It's the word I was trying to say. Uh, Ed, do you want to start out the exposition? Zach, I think you should take this okay. one on. Okay, maybe it's just because I'm very into the big picture stuff, or I, maybe yeah. I mean, like, there's so much in here about about Roger that we don't know that we find out for the first time. I want to, I want to hear your take on it. For those listening, when you guys are done with the read through, when we're, you know, if you're a new listener, please read the one piece connection, which is the story I've been hinting about up until this point in the, uh, in the read through. Uh, and I, I go over a lot of the stuff that's discussed here. So we find out, yes, Rayleigh is the first mate. And, uh, what does Brooke say to that? Ed, I just want to, I think I remember a rookie named Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting that we forget he's 88 years old here. Um, and we find out that, yeah, he sailed with him 20 years ago. And they and he met Hachi 20 years ago. I'm sorry. So this is the story. Uh, Roger actually turned himself in. He uh, did not get captured, which is pretty big. Uh, and the, the, the government said that just to kind of show off his power. But he was actually four years prior, affected with a terminal illness that no one could treat. But uh, they had Crocus, who just happened to be the lighthouse keeper that everyone knows, including Brooke. And he, went along, he went along to treat Roger and also to look for Brooke and the Rumbar Pirates. And then they, that's when, and three years later, so remember, because four years prior to his death, uh, he was afflicted with the illness. 
three years later, they managed to conquer the entire Grand Line, uh, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, and then, uh, and Cro and they mentioned how Crocus was, he's a part of the team. Uh, and, and also interesting really mentions that he wants to meet Crocus again, uh, one last time before, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, at his age before he dies. Really says that Luffy talks like Roger. Also interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says, uh, he, he, titles were meaningless for him. He didn't really care. He just. He was into very flashy things, kind of like Buggy. Maybe that's what he saw in the kid. Um, and he just wanted to enjoy himself, which is very much like Luffy. Um, and then he gave everyone orders to disband. And one year after that, uh, he turned himself in. He was arrested and was publicly executed in the place where he was born, Log Town. That's with an L. Um, the place at the beginning and the end. And he said uh, Roger's last words to Rayleigh were, I won't die, partner, which is very interesting. Um, and the things in my article might relate to why he said that. Uh, I don't really discuss that line specifically, but I think it still fits in very well. Um, and he was executed. And that's when the Great Pirate Age began. And I really like what Rayleigh says at the end of this speech here at... If you want to read that, I don't know if you have it in front of you. I don't have it open to that particular page, exactly. Just that there was no other day I laughed as much, cried as much, or drank as much. Um, which someone said will be what we're like when One Piece ends. Mm-hmm. Or not we, but all of, you know, all readers. Right. And actually, that was my mistake. It was uh, really flashing back to what Shanks said that someone, that uh, right. Luffy talks like Roger. So. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say, I let, I let it go. But uh, uh, Kizaru rides a cannonball. God's. Wait, before Kizaru rides the cannonball, I just want to say uh, a couple more things that are really important in this scene. I'm sorry. Uh, first, Luffy eats through the whole thing, but that's not that's not important. Uh, second off, uh, oh wait, does that not happen until after the Robin and Usopp parted later? Sorry. So yes, Kizaru rides a cannonball, but we'll get back to that later. Well, I the the I... comparisons. I just want to comment yeah, on please. the comparisons go, go. between Roger and Luffy. Like up until now, we've thought of him, or I did at least, as a sort of like. Uh, somewhat stereotypical pirate, kind of a Captain Hook type character or something. And to hear that he has a sort of similar personality to Luffy is really like makes you rethink everything you thought about well, Roger. He looks like a stereotypical pirate, which I, is part of, I guess, what Roger is all about, too. Is I, although apparently his mustache was were originally supposed to be booger hairs, I, I <laughs> yeah. forgot what the, like Bo Bo Bo, yeah, um, which would have made for interesting stuff there uh so there are two important other things that happen in this conversation and that's robin asking what the hell happened to skypea how did rayleigh know this language do you know what happened during the blank century uh to answer these questions backwards rayleigh says yes we do know what happened during the blank hist- uh the blanks the void century whatever you may call it but um don't get ahead of yourself because you may interpret it differently which is mm-hmm. maybe o'hara was too hasty roger and o'hara were both too hasty to figure out what was going on, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Robin uh, wants to learn for herself, though. I mean, we basically... This is, for those reading, this is basically the extent to how we know the Void Century in the world. Rayleigh kind of is is the forebearer of, of what we know. So these words still ring true. And what I wrote in the editorial, just to go very slightly into it, is maybe, you know, the world government and ancient kingdom 
war that may have taken place is not as clear cut as it may seem. Uh, so Robin decides, okay, I'll look, I'll look uh, on my own. I'll find, uh, I'll see if it's in Raftel. But Usopp asks the question that all us fans are asking: uh, Is the treasure, the One Piece, really at Raftel? And what, what is a, it, basically? What a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question, Ed? Because Luffy doesn't want to go on any adventure if it's not fun, and knowing the end wouldn't be fun. That's for sure. He doesn't want to. Luffy doesn't want to conquer. He only wants to be free. This is the like most direct we get about the One Piece in in a long time, where someone's literally just saying like, "What is it?" and someone else is is saying, "Don't tell me." (laughs) Also, the first time Luffy kind of just says his mission statement. we hear every single week at the end of every episode, I'm going to be king of the pirates, but we don't really see why he wants to, and here he says why he wants to. He wants to be the most free, uh, which is interesting, and we'll talk about next week. Uh, and so everyone departs, uh, explaining, oh, yeah, Emerald's coming. Why don't you go and have some fun, go shopping, uh, which still to this day seems incredibly misguided uh but i'm not going to be the one to say anything and they will meet back in three days that's not two days not four days but three days and uh during this frankie also reminisces uh three days uh, seems like plenty of time yeah brooke could just play dead but he doesn't (laughs) uh he should uh, because there's an admiral and we finally see kizaru what do you think of this guy uh joey yeah so this hits on a particular interest of mine uh he is uh kizaru is great first of all i love his uh character's personality and his powers and stuff but i should comment that he is based off of the actor kunie tanaka and specifically his character it says uh in his little oda box that his real name is borsalino he is named after and modeled after uh tanaka's character in the second truck yarrow movie which is a, like a 1970s uh, trucker uh, sort of action comedy series uh, from Japan starring Bunta Sugawara, who will come up later uh, in the series. And, um, Next and week. And that character's name is actually Borsalino 2. And so he, he is uh, – his suit – he's uh, – Borsalino 2 is a sort of like mafioso-themed uh, like sort of – european gentleman themed trucker guy and and you can kind of see that in in kizaru's like uh like cool shades and 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 pinstripe suit uh yeah i i love kizaru i know there are a lot of mixed feelings about kizaru uh i think it's love him or hate him i don't think there's an in-between uh his like particular way of speaking is really interesting and and especially you get that in the anime uh his voice actor is great I, I will comment that it's not um, that part of him is not modeled after the character. It's just the look uh, is modeled after that actor. Uh, and the name. Uh, it's I, I personally love his design. I love his way of speaking, kind of the slow speak versus uh, to give away the fruit he uses, the uh, the glint, glint, light, light, whatever you want to call it. Pika, pika. Um, if only he looked like Pikachu, right? Um <laughs> Borsalino, I choose you. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Anyway, um, we also get to see a little bit more of the supernova's powers to a larger extent here. Uh, Capone's 
Let's start with Capone's. Uh, what do you think of Capone's crazy power ad? <laughs> um, what else can you say? He is, his crew lives inside of him. They can shoot cannons and the can, like, I, I, there's no, I, I, I can't even, I can't even with him, you know? That was a terrible explanation, but thank you, Ed. As, as far as the supernovas go uh, and their powers, this might be my favorite. I love how weird it is and how we still don't have a complete explanation of it, but like, from what we can infer, it's amazing. Uh, Arouge, uh, sorry, I get, I get yelled at when I pronounce that one incorrectly. Arouge uh, uh, battles uh, one of the, later we find out, pacifistas. I mean, obviously, they're not Kuma because we've seen at least two or three of them at this point. Um, and his power is uh, growing large. I mean, do we know exactly what he's capable of? Reminds me of uh, CP9 powers, Gumidori's powers. I do want to comment. I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. He At, at this point, he's wearing gloves when he's holding that pillar. So I kind of wonder, this isn't getting into spoilers, but I kind of wonder if that is Seastone um and if that is holding his powers back or it's a way of sort of because he's sort of monk themed a way of uh you know uh like that idea of self-flagellation or something like it's kind of hurting or holding him back i like that idea and it would to get into i won't get into details but if he had a sea stone pillar it would be an effective weapon against devil fruit powers yeah and we also mean, isn't don't didn't we learn in Skypea that the stuff uh, that makes Sea Prism Stone is from Pyrobloin that ends up on Sky Island? Ha uh-huh. ha Is Pyrobloin the same thing that's used in Sea Prism Stone? I think it has to do it. it the, the, the I think the process that makes it. They have something to do with each other. I remember reading this in Skype. I got. I got to sit down. Maybe my next article will be about Pyro of Wine. Um, <laughs> you know? No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Hawkins, do you want to talk about Hawkins and Borsellino here? It's like Kizaru just talking into his uh, into his black transponder still. You're not going to talk. You're not going to contact anybody with that thing, dude. Uh, what do you think of Hawkins' ability? He is freaky. Like, he has, like, extra lives, so he's, like, putting lives inside of himself, and he turns into a giant straw monster later. I, like, you know, but, you know, he he, he seems to have an accurate view of the future. Like, he says he doesn't, he's not going to die today. As far yeah. as we know, he doesn't. So it's He because... has some sort of fortune-telling aspect that it's unclear if that's related to his powers or not. I think he has the ability to step out of the manga and read it himself and be like, oh, everything's fine for me. I I do want to say that uh, Kizuru's line, uh, have you ever been kicked at the speed of light, is really cool. And then that next panel where you get this sort of like freeze frame right before he's about to kick him is great. Well, I got got to give the next one to, uh, before we get into the Straw Hats even, uh, since we're talking about the Supernovas, might as well keep going. Diaz, Drake, Ed... Uh, what, what do you think of that power? He's a dinosaur. <laughs> yes, that's why. I, I, that's why I love the ten-year-old kid in Ed is strong. Uh, I no, love it's, it. It's I think uh, previously some members of the podcast I remember the comment said that dinosaurs are for babies, but I disagree. And I love dinosaurs, and he's great. <laughs> well, dinosaurs are not for babies. Dinosaurs are for people who are one hundred twenty-five million years or older. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, so then, uh, during this whole thing, the Straw Hats have to fight one of the pacifistas. Uh, but yeah, there's two Kumas. Like, how can that be? Three now. This is yeah. our third. Um, and they go all out. And it is a cool-ass fight. I don't know if you guys have... 
I mean, just beyond that, it's a cool-ass fight, and they use everything at them. I mean, is there anything else you want to mention with that? He's got a beam. That's different. It's different. It's cool if you're Luffy and Chopper, but not cool <laughs> if you're anyone else with a, in their right mind. Everyone gets a... You know, th- th- there's Thunderlance Tempo and... You know, Ashura. Prices, Ashura and Kuda Vaughn, and, like, they, fi- they finally... Yeah, they finally take it out. Uh, Sorry, I'm but, flipping through the pages with the dinosaur, and how could you not say that's cool? That's just that is cool. awesome. I, I, I know. I wish we saw, I mean, a lot of it's silhouetted, which I don't know if it makes it more or less cool. More. I mean, more it'll be more. cool when we finally see it, but that silhouette panel was great. I, yeah. I we'll talk it, more about that later. I did find it interesting that uh, someone says that pacifistas uh, have red blood, which means, like, you know, they're not yeah. fully robots. They're cyborgs. But wonder what, where those bodies came from, you know? Right, those... are they made from real bodies, or are they... What does Vegapunk have to do with this? Yeah, right, right. Uh, and, and you want to talk about Apu a little bit, since this is Apu's moment? At... Yeah, he, like, actually gets a good hit in on Kizuru, at least he thinks so. But, like, his music powers, like, you know, he, he does his cymbal thing, he plays his keyboard teeth, he has a horn in his arm. Like, he is all over the place, man. He's, he's, he's kind of like that DJ nerd guy. DJ nerd guy. That's what that's what about. Steve that's what Steve said about him. It's like he's that guy who's really like he's really into like music, so he thinks he's trying to be cool, but he's just like kind of a music nerd. Except that he actually can. He right. does the most damage to Kizaru out of anyone. Yeah, up through this, point. and he kind of like stops the action. Like everything's kind of moving fast, and then all of a sudden, everyone stands still to be like, "What the heck is going on here?" Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a huge Apu fan, even when he gets kicked into the ground. Kizaru basically makes quick work of all of them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's insanely impressive. And you get the remainder of the Straw Hat fight as they defeat the Pacifista together. And what we find out is, yes, you're all exhausted, but here's another one and another guy who is also very powerful. Sentamaru. He's the most defensive man in the world. And he's Dr. Vegapunk's uh, bodyguard, which is interesting. Captain of the science team. Also interesting, whatever that might be. He's got a showering gun on his shirt. On his bib, speaking of babies. <laughs> Again, also another character who dresses... Uh... Actually, I don't know if we've seen one before, but he's. it's interesting that Oda has the Japanese inspiration to dress him up like a sumo and have him use like sumo attacks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um... Now, why don't we get into this final moment here, as Zoro is about to, as Kizaru even enters the scene, in addition to Sentamaru and uh, the Pacifista, to make quick work of a very previously injured Zoro. Uh, And they try everything to save him. In the anime, this is even more drawn out, which is, I actually think, very effective. Um, But really comes in to save the day in, in one of the coolest moments uh, I mean, what did you think of this whole part going up until the big moment here? Yeah, I really I mean, I just really, I really thought it was. This is not looking good for the Straw Hats. I don't. I really did. I started being unable to see how they were going to get themselves out of this. I I never imagined what eventually happens happens because right. I was reading this week to week, <clears throat> and I had no idea, obviously, because there was no way to spoil something that hasn't happened yet. Um. I, I, I frankly, I don't remember what I... Th- Joey, do you remember what you thought would happen at this point? Um, are you talking about up until the point where Rayleigh uh, interrupts, or are we talking about past? 
past that. Uh, both. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember imagining that there was going to be an arc where Luffy had to, like, go from island to island rescuing his crew and kind of thinking that that's the direction that the series was going into. And it's... It becomes desperate. It's like the end of movie six kind of here. It's... Uh... Yeah, leading up to... I, I will say about leading up to Rayleigh blocking Kizaru, like, it, things are already looking very desperate, and, like, the great thing about Kizaru's powers is that he can really achieve some very dramatic lighting, and that just, like, adds on yeah. to the effect looking super great. And since Kizaru's powers are in uh, the pacifistas, you get double that. Um, you get oh, yeah, yeah. There. yeah. Um, and... It, things just get more and more. Somehow, even after Rayleigh arrives, it gets more desperate, and Chopper goes into his giant form. And then, it's not another piece, pacifista. The real Kuma comes and blasts Zoro away. Wow. And also, there's this great character moment between Usopp and Zoro after Luffy tells oh, yeah. the crew. Luffy tells the crew to scatter, and Zoro's like, "I'm gonna stay behind and sacrifice my life for you guys." And Usopp has to remind him, that, "No, you have to follow the captain's orders." The captain says, "Run away and live. You can't sacrifice your own. You can't sacrifice <laughs> yourself." Like he's totally inverting what happened at the end of uh, Post Denny's lobby. Also, with Usopp and Zoro, uh, if you notice, Zoro has to carry Usopp at the beginning yeah, of the of the first pacifista fight. It's like, "Oh, I'm injured." Blah blah blah. But then Usopp carries Zoro, uh, which I thought was a lot of character mm -hmm. growth in, in, in him as well. Zoro is so ready to sacrifice himself, and he still, I mean, he ends up being the first to go in this case. And it's interesting how none of Luffy's attacks even touch Sentomaru. Like, he's so strong. Or there's just some mysterious power yeah, uh, that we don't quite know about. Um, and... The, this first page opening up volume 53 we'll talk about the cover when we're done with this part mm -hmm. um it's just so dramatic and you really get the scope of of what's about to happen here as each crew member disappears one at a time at one after another including the other pacifista um and after disappearing many of them uh kuma explains to Rayleigh something and we don't quite know what it is, although uh, Rayleigh is somewhat skeptical about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and he disappears them all, and Kizaru notices, and Suntamaru no, uh, make note of the mess that uh, Kuma has made of the situation. Uh, Luffy was in dire straits right before he has disappeared here and utterly yeah, Luffy's, defeated. Yeah, uh, Luffy's statement, I couldn't save any of them, is just brutal. Brutal. And as I and uh, as as I say frequently, that this episode of the anime is probably the best episode of the anime ever since the podcast began. Um, since the yeah, since I will give you that since the podcast began because this these were the first anime episodes we recapped. I think it was mm -hmm. four or four and four or five, um, and they're brutal. So the Straw Hat Pirates have been eradicated, and we're going to take a break and see what happens next. Welcome to our segment devoted to Amazon Lily. And we start uh, with Luffy being flung through the air for, what is it, two di three days and three nights? Two days and two nights? I believe it's three, day three days and three nights under a crescent moon. Yeah, um, I mean, I 
actually, before we even get there, I should mention I love Shaki's line saying the times are about to become as rough as the seas. Uh, kind of saying what's about to happen here. Yeah, the crescent moon is, is a good thing to note. And he lands on Amazon Lily and gets to beat up a giant warthog and eats a bunch of mushrooms. And, of course, that goes well. Yeah, he ate the, uh, the laughing mushrooms. <laughs> Uh, the psychedelic mushrooms, and then he ate the mushroom where mushrooms grow out of your body. And two women come over, Margaret and Chapter in Emergency. I'm sorry. Um, chapter Sweet Pea. Chapter. I, wouldn't it be great if she were just breaking the fourth wall and she started by saying, uh, Chapter 514, Body Parasite Mushrooms? <laughs> or giving herself her own Oda box. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He missed the Luffy. opportunity. That's all I gotta say. Luffy literally ran straight into a like a giant stone cliff. So, yes. Uh, so he grows mushrooms out of his body, and the only way to cure it is to light it on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but there's if, one mushroom left. Joey, what what would you do if there were one mushroom left? <laughs> Try to pull it off. Gotta get those mushrooms off. Exactly, Joey. You have to get that mushroom off. It's a man, baby. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're going to be inappropriate jokes. So this is what we've called the mushroom moment. I love the uh, the snake looking at them, cleaning him, trying to pull off the mushroom. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, oh my goodness. There's two of them, actually. Ooh. In, the, in that panel, there's one on the right and one in the center. Wait, where's the one on the right? I'm trying to... It's, a, it's in the very top right, like above that uh, girl in the hat. Oh. I do not see it. I'll look at this another time. This isn't important right now. Um, creepy snake. That's all I got to say. And uh, the elder, Neon, uh, who we later find out whose real name is Gloriosa. Not Furiosa. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> finds out the true identity of this individual is a man. Baby. We always make Austin Power references, but we got to realize it's 2015. Yeah, that, that, that first Austin Powers movie only came out the same year that One Piece started. Really? <laughs> 1997, yeah. Okay, maybe we ha- maybe they're inexorably tied together. I don't know. Uh, I remember start our f- making Love Guru references. Our first manga recap, we had Austin Power references, and we're going to go through that chapter again a little bit later. Um, but they're coming back. It's full circle. Uh, and uh, Oda explains in, well later on we, we we find out in this chapter that it's uh, the nation of Kuja is a tribe of women warriors and it's Amazon Lily. It's an island of women. Men uh, no men go there. He he's going to like basically any man who goes there is going to die. Can I say I love the design of this village in the mountains. I I love the yeah. idea. And Oda explains that it's very Chinese inspired uh, in an SPS later on. Yeah, I think that's yeah, during the yeah, uh, next yeah. arc, yeah. I definitely want to talk about that in the reverie segment. Um, yeah, okay, don't don't let us forget then. Uh, and we see pansy, pansies winning some fights and losing some fights. And we, we, get to, we get to kind of see the culture and everyday life of the, the Kuja. And it's a real, it's a real great example of uh, Oda drawing women that look different. I think this was kind of the moment when he's like, okay, let's, uh, let's put some new skills to work here. Um, also, uh, do you want to go through this scene with Luffy waking up? Yeah, he was out for quite a while. He even ate in his sleep again, but uh, he is quite naked. And (laughs) 
You know, uh, there's 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 also the one Amazon who like is constantly writing notes. She's the note writing. One. I love that the sound effect here is gawk. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, all, oh, all men's bodies stretch. Wow. Um, but <laughs> and, uh, what are those weird things? They're also stupid. They're also all stupid. That one's accurate. Um, what are those find... weird things? My family jewels. Uh, those are, yes, those are his precious jewels. Now, what would you want to do with those, uh, Ed? And... Well, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to take them off and look at them. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Cash them in for big prizes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Ed, Mar- you know Mar- Marguerite is very, um, very obsessed with the family jewels. Um, I love, I love her face in the panel there. She looks so innocent. It's like, ooh, can I see them? Um, you take them off so we can see them? <laughs> they give Luffy his clothes back, but they've added frills. <laughs> He's so depressed by it. I forgot how funny this stuff was. Uh, it's been a really long time since I've revisited this material. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't read it since it came out originally, so it's been like six years, seven years. I haven't. Um, I think I, I read it again when it came out in the volume, but uh, I watched yeah. I watched it in the anime. So that was during this was right after or during the simulcast debacle. I think the simulcast debacle fixed itself during Amazon Lily. I think it was like four thirteen something like that. If I remember that off the top of my head, that's the saddest thing ever. Anyway, uh, Luffy realizes. Uh, Luffy goes a little insane when he sees the, the what the, they've done to his shirt. And so uh, the Kucha pirates, of course, take it completely normally and try and shoot him with a bunch of arrows. Um, so arrows, that, arrows that we later find out are imbued with hockey. Very interesting stuff, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he runs away and he takes uh, Margaret with her because she has the Vivre card for mm-hmm. Rayleigh. That's so very important because that's the only way he's going to get back to his crew. Yeah. Uh, I, do, I do find it funny that he just bounces... Off of Afalandra's breasts, the the really tall one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean you're gonna have some of those jokes here because I mean we yeah. are in an island of women. Uh, speaking of, it seems that we find out that the pirate empress Boa Hancock and her two sisters are the ones who protect the nation, and then we see they're on the way here. Um, can I mention this? I I want to mention color spreads a little more. We haven't really gone through them that much so far, but some of my favorite ones are in these three volumes that we're about to talk about, um, including this one uh, for Chapter 516, which includes the first time we see all the Straw Hats, which mm-hmm. is very well-timed, and I also like that one a lot. I don't know if anyone has any other thoughts on that. His color work gets tighter and tighter uh, as the series goes on, and at this point, like I think that early on you could see a lot of like marker marks and, and, and yeah. things like that, and at this point... They're just, like, super crisp. I'm happy we have you on here, Joey. There's a, there's a reason we have to have you on. Um, no, I, I agree. It, it's His art in general, I think, has been progressively getting better. I can't Although, tell... it's, it's like, honestly, I feel like it took a dip at the end of uh, the stuff we're covering, covering in this arc. I was going to say that. Yeah, I, I don't... I think it's the... We may have and, hit the apex around this point. Yeah, I think Thriller Bark was the apex. Shimondi was good, yeah. too. But Thriller well, Bark um, kind of... It, it suffers. Well, the thing I, is, I was specifically talking about the color work. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm sorry, we got off topic. I, I just want to say that Thriller Bark, though not one of my favorite uh, arcs story-wise, definitely probably has some of his best art, which is uh, an odd juxtaposition there. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Luffy decides he'll get off the island, so he'll build a raft or swim or all of those ideas that won't work. Yeah, but in, we're in the calm belt, dude. Come on. Uh, how's he supposed to know that? 
Uh, I think she says it. Oh, he doesn't listen. Yeah, uh, the 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 um, Boa Hancock's ship is drawn by poisonous sea snakes called Yudas. I always find that interesting. We never really got an explanation about that. Well, that even the Sea Kings were scared of them, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we head to the middle of the ocean, and we see uh, Momonga, Vice Admiral Momonga. They're waiting with the uh, Kucha pirate ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he killed a uh, Sea King for food, because they had been waiting for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, she has been summoned as one of the seven warlords. She has to go to the war, basically. Not just basically. Literally. Uh, and this is the grand entrance of Boa Hancock. Uh, you kick a cute cat. You kick a cute. Is the cute seal later? That's cute, later. That's later. There's later is a, like there's a cat. Later there's a cat and a cute seal. Oh right, and they're both. And angry. they both have the hats, the little <laughs> pointy hats. <laughs> um, what what did you think of this whole entrance? I I definitely had a different feeling going into this arc than when you come out of it and you learn a lot about these three. Um, but what were your initial impressions? I really love uh, Hancock's crew. Um, I love the sort of very different designs and stuff, and that was exciting to see, for sure, uh, of all of the Amazon Lily uh, characters, uh, because Oda kind of gets a bad rap of of having, like, similar, very similar female character designs. Um, And then when uh, Hancock actually appears, and she has her two, like, totally crazy sisters on either side of her, and she's the like most slender, most idealized lady he's drawn up to this point. You know, um, it really has a great impact. And there's those animals; they each have animals. Her snake uh, looks really great. The spots and stuff are very dynamic, and uh, I love the pattern on her dress, on her skirt. I love the everything on her skirt. Um, I'm sorry, someone has to do it. Uh, so. Yeah, why, why don't we get into what actually happens here? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I, well, she's like, I lied. I'm not coming at all. Uh, come on. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep my title and uh, now give me all your cargo and treasure and go away. Okay. Oh, wait. That's probably not what I should do. <laughs> the, 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 the Navy guys are like bringing in the treasure. <laughs> uh, and we see her power is to turn those stricken by her into stone. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like a, they call them the, the Garg, the Gargon, Gorgon, Gorgon, Gorg- yeah. which is named after, um, Medusa, Medusa, but gargoyles, I guess kind of, is... no, Gorgons are from, no. oh, Gorgons no, it... are from Greek mythology or yeah, they're Medusa, they, the Medusa oh. and, and her sisters. Yeah. This is why you two are both on here. Before I was into dinosaurs, I was really into Greek mythology. I will correct you, Zach. Don't worry. Thank you. Now, <laughs> now of course you pronounce her name. Han Coke, right? No, not a funny joke at all. I'm no. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, so Mumunga is, is the only one who's able to resist any how, of this. How does he do that? By stabbing himself in the hand. Can't oh. get more badass than that. Classic manga technique. <laughs> yeah. But he's stranded with a stone crew, and uh, you know we're just gonna go back to Amazon Lily, and you're screwed in the calm belt. <laughs> And uh, Hancock walks into Cheers, and uh, no Cheers, just Cheers. She goes into the palace, gets the newspaper, doesn't read it, uh, then uh, knocks over a nice sculpture that a bunch of kids made because she's being an asshole. Um, 
Well, they made her out of mud. Yeah, or how clay. dare they? How dare yeah. they? Yeah, how rude. Yeah. Um, Throw it away and clean the floor. At this point, I really thought she was, like, going to be more of an enemy, I think, for a while here. Um, and it's interesting to see how, how it progresses. And, oh, it is definitely building her up as a stone-cold lady. Yes, Fox, right? Stone Cold Fox. Isn't that yeah. a saying they said in 1927? Even uh, even Neon is uh, in love with her. Like, she has the eyes. It's How crazy. could you not be? I mean... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's, she reminds Hancock of her uh, obligation to protect Amazon Lily, because Mung said, like, you know, in two days all your trees are nullified. Mung and uh, Hancock was like, whatever. You can't do anything. You're going to die, so whatever. I love how she takes a crystal ball to tell her just what she was saying. Go now. Uh, I, I thought that was a funny gag. She literally throws the old lady out the window. Um, well, she's an Amazon. She's powerful. She is. And we hear the myth about the Gorgon sisters and how they have eyes on their back that turn people to stone. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Luffy, who is on the run, decides to find the most important person, he has to go to the highest building. So he jumps on the highest building, a la Luffy at any point in the series, and falls through into the bath. But But for the next two hours, nobody is allowed in the castle because they are bathing. Right, and and you get turned to stone. But he Mm -hmm. doesn't get turned to stone, and he sees something on her back that he's seen before. Um, And for that, he has to be punished by being turned into stone uh, but we get the same face he gave with Eneru when nothing happens. <laughs> Hancock's natural enemy. I know. It's it's <laughs> instead of instead of lightning being the natural enemy here, it's it's love, and Luffy has none of it apparently. I love uh, I love Oda's um, lust. SB- I'm sorry, lust. SBS explanation for this was that uh, someone brought up like, well, Usa- or Luffy was peep- was peeping on Nami in the bath in Alabasta. That uh, Oda was like, yeah, but Usopp was there too. Usopp is a bad influence. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Luffy's ticket. just like, I'll take your word for it. This is something exciting to see, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I don't know how I feel about that in general. I, it's, I guess it's just necessary with the shonen protagonist can't be, can't have those kind of feelings. I like how he confuses it for Foxy with the, the slow so photons. Yeah, um, you get some really just amazing humor. What happens next, Ed? Yeah, he uh, he he runs. He jumps out of the jumps out of the castle, but uh, they they capture him pretty quickly, um, like like a pistol kiss bullet, and they take him to the uh, the Coliseum. Yeah, you he, just he it took them no time to get him. Nope. <laughs> um, which says something about their strength, which we see more of. And the one the, and the the girls in the audience, we see uh, Margaret and the uh, the one with the um the like the the eye shadow. You know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, they're like, we just don't hope he at just don't, just don't ask how we got here, you know? Who let him in? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. They, they volunteer it anyway, and they get turned to stone after they volunteer it. And, and Luffy, it's be, it becomes Luffy's kind of mission to, to save them and to turn them back to normal at, after that. Um, mm-hmm. You want to uh, go through the fight then, Ed? Uh, well, first they set Bakura, the executioner, a gigantic panther wearing the same helmet as that cute little kitten. Right out of the uh, Jungle Book. Yeah, Bakura, Bagheera. Is that the name of the one in the Jungle Book? Bakira? Bagheera, B-A-G-H-E-E-R-A, Bagheera. Maybe, maybe that's on purpose then. Maybe they are kind of... Yeah, but like he acts more like Shere Khan. 
Right. Know? Yeah, that's true. Too. Yeah, but he just takes him out with a single punch, and uh, everyone in the everyone in the audience is just completely shocked by all that. It's uh, you know. Well, even more it, so, uh, Luffy's big point here is that you turned your friends into stone. Why do you not care? Why are you laughing about it? And yeah. everyone's everyone's in love with the Snake Princess, and she can't be right. She can do no. She she has to be right. She can do no wrong. You know they violated the law, and Luffy's like, "You make me sick." It's I and it's a it's a great that. line. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You can see how it affects her too. Well, it zangs her. <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and she orders him to be destroyed. Uh, and so the fight begins. Um, and for those curious, we have now reached. We've now recapped the amount of chapters in all of Dragon Ball. Uh, that includes Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, uh, because Oda made a special uh, banner for it. Also interesting to note that SBS right before it gives us the official berries that I, I always found that really cool and mm-hmm. want to see those reproduced in real life. Um, okay, why, why don't we go through this fight with Sandersonia and Marigold? Yeah, they uh, they use uh, the uh, observation hockey, the mantraki, to um, you know. Yeah, and they, know. We do we do get that name for it here, right? I think. I don't we think do. we. I don't. I don't. Well, maybe we don't get the. Exact I mean, it's okay. I don't really consider that a spoiler because we got to call it something at this point. I don't remember what we called it mm. when we were recapping at this point. Uh, Probably but, just mantra. It, we get a lot of mantra. We also get whatever this other type of hockey that Sentamaru seemed to have used. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what really used when he fought hand-to-hand with Kizuru. Right. Like, he was able to use, like... You can't fight you know, hand-to-hand with a, a, a Logia power, but yes, you can. So, I mean, Luffy is is pretty evenly matched here, and so he... They're going to they're gonna kill the... They're going to destroy the stone statues of... Uh, Apollandra and Sweet Pea and Margaret in front of his eyes. That would be the ultimate punishment. But, uh, yeah, he uh, unleashes the power of the Supreme King on them. Which uh, I think Hancock says, like, one in millions. And, I mean, this is, like, kind of the first time you're, like, Luffy is endowed with a special ability. Again, you can read the One Piece Connection for more information about his role in, in the story overall. But I think it's a... I was reading this while writing it a little bit, and it's a very interesting, uh, I think I was, it's a very interesting point in the story to remember how important Luffy may be because he holds a power like this, and who knows what this power actually is. And actually, Zach, uh, this is going um, to the next color spread. We had like the watermelon banana color spread that I love. Uh, this is the first um, year that I have the calendar for, so I can even bigger than the color lock. I can look I at the. I get col- it. I get it. You own things. I do, <laughs> but I just love looking at that. It, it looks the bigger it gets, the, the the more awesome these color spreads look. So the rest of the fight plays out about how you would think. Luffy begins to kick some ass, and some people, some snakes set themselves on fire, uh, and their hair tries to attack them, but it doesn't work. You know, it's the normal kind of fight. Um, yeah. And then, because of the fire, uh, the uh, shirt on, I think it's Sandersonia, burns off uh, on the back. And Luffy... Right, because the Marigold uses the salamander fire attack. Basically. I forgot to mention that Luffy ties them into a knot together and is very proud about that. Um, and so he protects it because he realizes, oh, this is the thing that's more important than anything that you hear. Um, and so Hancock is forced to evacuate the the Coliseum for 
what she would explain is fear of their lives, but Hancock is hiding something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, they have to evacuate the Coliseum because otherwise they'll see the eye on their back and everyone will be turned to stone, or so the legend goes. And so she gives Luffy a choice at the end here. She said, look, you fought bravely, so I could do one of two things. I could give you a ship or I could turn them back. And, of course, he chooses to turn them back. Oh, thank God. Like, yeah, like, Luffy couldn't do anything else. Yeah. He doesn't even give it a second thought. Yeah. And so they're all turned back to normal, and Luffy gets to see Hancock naked again. Again. Also, Uh, snake lady nudity earlier on. Very exciting. That's slightly less exciting. Uh, (laughs) And and one of my favorite, I think we talked about this, because I hate to say we recap these episodes. Um... It's crazy that we're up that up to that point already. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized we recapped a third of the manga uh, already. Uh, it's scary to think. Anyway, so he goes in and he's like, uh, where's the food? Oh, why are you naked? What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> where's the food? That was one of my favorite gags just from uh, that. It's like, hey, uh, no, wow, that's not food. I'm not a baby. <laughs> So we find out that the she has a tattoo on her back, a mark on her back, and it it's a was, hoof. It's a hoof, and it, and Luffy says it reminds him of Hachi's, as you mentioned, sun pirate uh, tattoo. Mm-hmm. And she explains that it is the hoof of the celestial dragon, as Ed said, um, that are given to slaves of the world nobles, and it, coming right after. Uh, and Yon interjects to say that Luffy is the guy who hit the Celestial Dragon. He punched him. Well, yeah, which the Elder Neon mentions. Uh, and it's it's crazy how this comes right after the archipelago that shall not be named. Um, I mean, this this arc is really all about, like, the whole Celestial Dragons and, like, this whole... Uh, yeah, like, it, Amazon Lily really is an extension of, uh, of exactly. Sabaudi. Yeah. yeah, like, it, does, it doesn't really sort of change tempo until amazon lily ends for good reason the hoof on their back is a really interesting symbolism because it's not only a mark of them but it's a mark of their foot stepping on them and and pushing them down interesting Uh, point yeah Mm -hmm. and it's it's amazing how they got saved with fisher tiger um freeing them all and then those fishmen who were slaves and also those who were not were imprinted with the sun tattoo, which covered it. So you would not know which were and were not slaves. Um, yeah. But yeah, Fisher Tiger climbed the red line with his bare hands. And despite his hatred for humans, he even saved the human slaves. And so Hancock says, oh, look, I think I like you. I'll give you a ship. Where do you need to go? And so they party mm. and they party but, and, you know, and he gets I'll, groped, and he gets groped. I just want to say, like, I love the bit with Hancock talking about, like, even if it means deceiving my people, I have to continue the pretense. Like, she can't let them know that she, that she, she has this pride of, like, not being controlled because she's the Amazon. You know, she's the queen of the Amazons. So she can't, like, show weakness like that. And uh, it's, she can't talk about it with anyone except for Luffy, really, and, you know, her sisters. And actually, we find out that Nyon was the one who saved them after they had been freed and brought them back. Because Nyon, as the previous emperor, you know, she uh, she ended up leaving Amazon Lily for reasons explained later. Now, sorry to take us off topic, but I would really love some Sea King Pene Gorgonzola. Um, love the pun, but it sounds delicious. Um, yeah, oh, so, yeah. I, men stick chopsticks in their noses. One touch uh, is that looks gold. very painful. It does. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't really get it. I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Uh, so then we go back to Elder Exposition uh, as she explains everything that's going on in the world to Luffy. Uh, well, this is after Luffy and Margaret sort of run off together, which is, uh, Ooh, you know, yeah, they run off together. You, yeah, like, a lot of people were shipping that when that happened, and I, I don't were. blame. I think you I, were the main guy. I mean, this is, or at least saying, uh, you know, um, Margaret future. for crewmate. Yeah, that one I don't agree with as much. No, but yeah, I think I don't know. They just have a weird sort of sweet relationship. Uh, and it would never work with him though. Neon explains that uh, Hancock is a warlord, which comes just a surprise to him. Uh, we also uh, find out, you know, how the Kuja pirates were famous, and uh, she's a warlord. And... and yeah, we find out that she was also—I don't know if it was mentioned before this—that she was the former, I think, two generations back, the former Empress of Kuja. Yeah. Um, and also that a war is happening here between the seven warlords, the Navy headquarters versus the Whitebeard pirates over the execution of someone that Luffy might know, uh, poor Gusty Ace. I was trying to think of a funnier way to put that, but I couldn't. Uh, and Luffy is shocked and explains that that is his brother. And there's actually a special current Yes. to get to, to where Ace is being well, held. I, we should say Luffy decides... He needs to go because the timing is not going to work out. He's not going to be able to get back to Shabani, Sabodi, Sabadi uh, in time to uh, save Ace. So he's like, okay, I guess I got to get to Ace and go on with the currents. Mm -hmm. If there was anything else you wanted to mention with the currents. Yes. Yeah, Luffy doesn't care if Ace. Well, I mean, with the with the the currents, it's just yeah. You know, we we've seen the gates of justice. It's all three. You know, Marineford, Impel Down, and Eddie's Lobby all have gates of justice. Well, we learned that Impel Down's in the Com Belt, which I don't know if we knew before that. It helps the gates of justice make a little more sense. Yes. like they were a little confusing uh, to begin with. Yeah, but you open them and they create a. You can enter and uh, you know get get to. Uh, the points in the triangle faster. I still so. don't completely get it, and I don't think it makes any sense, but sure. It's uh, a mystery. It probably also, has something to do with that stupid hole in Annie's lobby. Yes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so we look at uh, Ace's Fever card, and he Luffy makes his decision. He's got to he's gotta go after Ace. Um, mm -hmm. And so he selfishly asks uh, Hancock... But before he does, we realize she has come down with a virus. A virus that cannot be cured. A virus that struck out of nowhere. Uh, that can... Well, there's a, Zach, there's a saying in the Eastern Sea. Yes, maybe you should. Maybe Love is a hurricane. Um, so that's, Watch out! There's a hurricane coming. That, that ends volume 53, where we realize Hancock yeah. is in love with Monkey D. Luffy. I mean, it, um, killed, all, it killed all the empresses except for, uh, except for Nyon, who had to leave to you know, pursue her love. We should probably talk about the cover for volume 53 first. I don't know if you guys have any opinions on that. I like the Luffy walking. I love that part of it. But um, I, the color... Uh, the rainbows? Palette, the color palette... Um, I don't know. I don't like that green color. It just kind of turns me off. But I like the uh, I like the way Luffy's drawn with the fever card. Shall we? I like it. Uh, it's actually one of my favorites of these of this set. Um, but I like kind of loud, garish colors. The perspective on Luffy is interesting. Uh, Oda doesn't do a ton of that. It actually kind of reminds me more of uh, Kishimoto. Uh, Naruto does a lot of this sort of fish islands stuff. 
Um, and it's interesting how it kind of breaks up the space uh, where you've got um, Hancock and her sisters from one perspective and Luffy kind of walking over it from another perspective. I thought uh, it was a little weird. Like, that always took me off guard a little. I, I'm not as big a fan of this cover. But I like it. I don't know why. It's mm. it's interesting to me. Maybe that's just me. I think that might just be me. Um, well, I'm outnumbered here, at least. <laughs> no, I, I think Ed likes it, too. So. I, I just don't like the color palette as much. I don't like that that green. It's Anyway. I don't, but I, I, do... don't, I don't hate the color palette. That's not the part. We'll talk about the cover for Volume 54 in the next segment, though. Um, so, but let's get into that volume, because there's like a chapter or two that are still in this arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, but no, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, Hancock, by going along with Luffy, is saving her own life, you know, from her affliction of love. <laughs> and if you think she's changed at all, don't worry. She still kicks the cat and the baby seal, um, which is <laughs> really terrible. Uh, and decides it's, a puppy to, in a, it's a puppy and a baby seal. <laughs> and she decides to embark a puppy. I'm sorry. Did I say cat? I was this, yeah, the other was, one was the cat, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm probably It looks thinking. like a cat. It's a puppy uh, cat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, just call me Hancock, please. Uh, <laughs> hammock. Uh, you want to go to the Hammock District. That's on third. Um, um, yeah, and Nyon does, makes the creepy blush faces. And even the Amazons are like, that's creepy. And the Amazons also continue to do the chopstick thing, which is... Uh, that's great. I love that round-headed one in the middle. I like her yeah. design a lot. She's her the b- one who takes the notes, I think, right? Yeah. The bob hair. I think that's the one who takes the notes. Anyway, they uh, meet up with uh, with Momonga, and he ins- uh, says that it has been approved, and so she goes aboard the ship and unstones everyone. Um, presumably, no, I don't, I don't, I'm just going to do a joke, and unless it didn't make any sense. So we find out where Monkey D. Luffy is hiding. Where is he hiding at? He is hiding in the cape. Uh, many men have dreamed of hiding where Luffy is. Uh, yes. uh, and uh. we get uh, the first glimpses of what we're going to see here, and that Jimbei has been sent to uh, impel down because he has not been cooperative. And meanwhile, we also find out Whitebeard is on the move. Uh, it's, also, it's also interesting that Sengoku thought that Jimbei would be the most cooperative. I'm like, really? Come on. Um do you want, I think Jinbei pro- seems like he's somewhat more easy to get along with if you take out the element that Ace is his friend. <laughs> you know, it seems like he was maybe one of the more cooperative of the warlords. He must uh, have been in the, in yeah. the past, yeah. Uh, why don't we take this opportunity to take a, a little break, and then we'll go into Impel Down. Yes. Okay. This is our uh, red red line for uh, Impel Down. So we're going to start with Volume 54. I want to talk about this cover because personally, I think this is my favorite cover for One Piece. I just love everything about it. Um, One Piece in general? The entire... It might be. Um, wow. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but it's definitely like in my top three. Um, I love him jumping out of the page. I love... All the, seeing all these, I just love the design in general. Um, I don't know. There's just something that really strikes me about it for whatever reason. It's a fun cover. Uh, I, I, I don't assume you guys have the same feelings or strong feelings as I do. But what do you think of this cover, Ed? 
Uh, I, I, I'd love it. I, I, I feel much the same way that you do. I don't know if it's my favorite of all time, but uh, Magellan is so like intimidating on it, and uh, just the the un- the uniqueness of Luffy like jumping out of the, like jumping out of the screen, like breaking the fourth wall. It's great. Shall we? Feel yeah, like it. I love that too. No, I love this. This is my this uh, between this and the last volume are kind of my contenders for my favorite uh, covers of this set that we're going through. Yeah, um, I think it's great. I think that the Luffy bursting out of the page is really great. Um, I it features two of my favorite character designs from this arc, which is Magellan and the Blue Gory. Uh, and the chains are an interesting element, uh, for sure. But uh, I wouldn't put it amongst my all-time favorites, but it's, like, really good. It's really solid. And um, I don't know what the Japanese one looks like, but the Viz ones, the, like, pink that they've chosen for the Impel yeah, Down, like, complements it really well. Yeah. Like, I think the brown and the pink work I mean, I, really I've well got to check, but I think the Japanese versions are usually slightly different colors. Um, I know for 50, they use black, which looks a lot better on that cover yeah. than what uh, Viz did. Yeah, 50, I, at least the Viz one does not work super well for me. But like, uh, but yeah, 54 looks great, um, for sure. Um, okay, so let, let's get to Impel Down, and we see... Well, no, before that, we have to talk about what happened to the other Straw Hats. Well, no, no. We first have this little scene with Vice Admiral Garp coming to Ace in Impel Down. Right. Um, and it's short, and that's really all there is to say about it. So let's go one by one. Now, the way we'll do this is I'll just ask you your thoughts on it, because we don't really have to go through every little thing. Uh, Nami's, uh, Ed, do you have thoughts? Hey, hey, hey. I like it. <laughs> you, and it you know, she, it's like they're tailor-made for them, like... Yeah, learn learn about weather. You know, I was I was going to mention that that Kuma clearly had something in mind here. Um, yeah, Joey N- Nami, another Sky Island besides Skypea. That's exciting. Like uh, I very well could have sort of assumed. I mean, they say there's other Sky Islands, but like and there's you it, know, Bil- we could Bilka. have yeah. only seen one Sky Island uh, in the series, and we're going to see more. It's it's really cool. Um, I don't think they're winged though, so. Also interesting to note. Hey, yeah, hey, did hey. they say it's like an artificial? It looks artificial. Yeah, I think the they maybe the even bottom. say that at some point. But there's like I a big bubble right. in the bottom of it. Look at that. Hey, 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 hey. But it's it's one. interesting to try to guess at this point how uh, the different locations will affect the characters. And so if this guy is making different winds blow and they're in a place called Witheria, you you definitely can draw the connection between what nami does in this island for sure mm-hmm. so frankie is on uh the mechanical island which happens to be the same island that vegapunk is from uh and is also the same island where um what's the guy's name dr surumi the one from uh, the... tsuki something because that's Su- moon it's like tsuki no or tsuki tsukimi i think it is yeah 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 um from the uh enru cover story is, is from there uh so what do you guys think about Frankie here? I love Frankie Sneeze. I love Frankie Dents. Some great animated GIFs came out of this. Oh, my God, yes. the at, That is the best use of killing time for no reason ever, because that dance lasts for fucking ever. <laughs> but it's still amazing. Um, what about, uh, what about future, Sanji? It's the future land Baltimore, home of Otakon. <laughs> the haunted uh, future land Baltimore. Um... I don't know why I went in that direction. On the Grand Line, Zach, the Peachy Island, Island of Dreams. The second island of women. 
Um, so I have a feeling we're going to discuss this issue. We should probably discuss it seriously at some point. Um, about just like, I feel like it kind of needs to be talked about how transgender politics have changed a lot since we did this, our podcast yeah. back in 2009. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I'm positive I do not endorse a lot of what I said back then. I was also younger and did not, you know, not as educated on the topic. Um, I honestly don't remember what the like, the general tenor of our conversation was I, back I, then. I don't either, but it probably was not quite where I'd want it to be. Yeah. Um, a lot has changed in six years. A lot has changed. I mean, it's a very it's a good thing that a lot has changed in six yeah. years. Um, and kind of reading through Impel Dan, I'll talk about it more when we get to the Okama stuff. Uh, yeah, and yeah. it's also like it's also one of the things that started sort of to make Sanji seem like really unsympathetic yes i think this i think this makes him seem less unsympathetic it also no no no, no. it makes him seem less sympathetic you mean less sympathetic yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's freaking out about like yeah. when he's having basically like a gay panic yeah i don't well yeah i guess that is a gay panic um no it's uh, um yeah. it's one of the frustrating things like it's very similar to the frustrating thing about one piece with the female characters where you can at one point point to it and say look one piece is really kind of progressive in a way compared to other shonen series because it has some very strong female characters and then that uh, you can also point to it and say there's a lot of sexism in here and then with the same thing with the issues with the transgender, uh, transgender characters like uh, Bon Clay and Evenkov are awesome characters, and compared to other shonen uh, transgender characters, they are positive characters, but they're not the best characters, you know. And there are a lot of issues, and those issues become very clear when you look at like Sanji's. I, I side think the, I think the issues are worse at the actual Kamabaka Queendom, which I do think is a good point. Yeah. But yeah. Evenkov uh, is a. Uh, is very well, we'll get to him we'll get to him we'll, we'll get to him soon um well, so well, he's, he's him yeah when we meet him um he but he, he is, he's very enthusiastic about change he is about, whatever he wants to be exactly. um but okay we'll, we'll get to that when we, i have a lot i, I, I remember we won't get too much into it but i do remember uh specifically even before getting to this point uh, being very impressed with Bon Clay's portrayal uh, and seeing the cracks in it and seeing that it wasn't great. He's basically dressed up like a clown, but like saying for what it is, it's a lot more positive than I've seen in other manga, you know? Yeah, I think Oda, he based Evenkoff off of a friend of his, I think, or someone he met at one of the, I don't know what you call those shows, but like cross-dressing shows, basically. Drag show. Drag show. I yeah, I guess that's what it was. Um, and he made him the voice actor for Evenkoff. Like, he mm-hmm. he clearly admired the guy. Um, and, it, well, what ended up happening to that is that he got into a tattoo controversy. Uh, don't don't tattoo your butt, guys. Well, that's I mean, also, thing. tattoos are much more taboo in Japan. Japan. I mean, it's less so than it used to be, but they're still very taboo. It's associated with organized crime. But and also, you know, he got his anus tattooed and put it on his blog and that was like a big pr disaster for yeah for a children's show and uh yeah anyway. he was swiftly removed from the show which is really kind of bullshit yeah i think so as well yeah it's real he, bullshit. he was he was great and the guy who replaced him no offense to him not anywhere close to as good uh yeah. let's talk about Usopp, uh ed if you have thoughts oh uh, yes yeah, so it's up and 
You gonna eat that in? I'm Heracleson. <laughs> like how he, he just says, ah, yes, that and that. And I'm Heracleson. Yes, you told me that already. <laughs> this... uh, and we find out that food is actually probably more important. I, I remember being a little surprised as to what happens to Usopp uh, when I first read it. Anyway, uh, our favorite characters here in Hungary, we have, uh, we have uh, Brooke and Brooke's story and the uh, demon worshippers, the devil worshippers. Uh, right, and, and we should mention like that Brooke... both both of these are on the Grand Line. Sanji, the uh, Kamabaka Queendom, is on uh, what? It's in the South Blue? No, Grand Line. It's the Grand Line? Okay, yeah, you're right. They're all on the Grand Line, I think. I mean, except for Nami. And so, Robin. And Robin, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, they, they, they summoned a demon. It's clearly not of this world. Uh, the Long Arm tribe took everything from these people, so it's, in, it's interesting. Is our offering inadequate? It's it's all very good questions here. And Hurry up and show this man your panties. Yes, this demon has some unusual requests, but Brooke's finally going to get his wish, I guess. I, we can only assume. I love the bone doom there, too. Just oh, to yeah, totally. And that uh, hat on the one of the members that has the like black uh, sheep with yeah. the horns oh, yeah. is so good. <laughs> I, I love all of this. It's just so perfect for Brooke. Of course, he is... He lands in the middle of the circle of this demon worshiping tribe. Uh, Kuma. How did Kuma know? <laughs> you scoundrel. Um, He's very precise that way. Well, the other thing is, how would he have known that that would have happened two days later? Because that's how long he would have been in the air, right? Um, just that good. I never noticed that To Kill a Wolf was in East Blue. That's yes. really interesting. Yes, I, I did not know that. And this stuff... I, we'll discuss it in the reverie segment. Uh, Building a bridge to connect islands. The bridge started construction 700 years ago, Zach. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this later, because there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, Chopper. In the, but he's uh, Chopper's in the South Blue, in the Birdie Kingdom. Uh, yes, he is. Um, and they're going to cook They're gonna cook him. There's uh, basically some South Pacific Islanders there. Uh, uh, we'll find out more about them later. And finally, uh, our last character, Ed. Uh, do you ship Zoro Perona, Zach? No. <laughs> Our you? favorite crew member, Perona. <laughs> oh God. I don't. I don't. I don't. Although I think Perona is actually like the perfect sort of yin to uh, Zoro the, Yang. Yeah. Well, the the actual occupant of this island who we discover later. Yeah. Good. Good foreshadowing there, Ed. Yeah. Uh, I I did not expect to see Perona, and I thought it was a really cool tie-in here. To what Kuma did during Thriller Bark, I thought that was she cool. wants a bagel and cocoa. <laughs> she, she wants servants. She wants bagels and cocoa. She wants cute stuffed animals. She wants to be so back. Wait, so Peru- Perona wants to be in a gloomy place with bagels and cocoa. She needs to come to Manhattan. New York <laughs> joke. <laughs> oh, sorry. It makes um, you wonder if Kuma has just a limited amount of places that he can send people. Like, uh, I'll just send Zoro to that same place I sent Perona. I, I think he was like, mm, Zoro really should have died there. He kind of pissed me off. I'm going to send him to where Perona is. Um, <laughs> the ultimate punishment. S- sorry, Perona fans. Uh, I mean, Josh. Uh, okay, back to the present. We have Luffy on a battleship, and Hancock is not letting anyone near him. Um, we also get to see everyone gathering at Navy headquarters, including the guy from Ace's cover story. I knew he showed up. I knew he was there. Yes, Vice Admiral Comier. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and also, I love Luffy's thumbs up when he's being fed by Hancock. <laughs> That's adorable. 
Uh, and uh, he gets and Jellos get Hancock to do like the manly. Uh, oh, I'm stuffed. So yeah, we see a few of the admirals. We see Smoker. We see Hina. We see Sengoku. And then in Mar- John Giant. Then in Marijuana, what's happening? Joey, Joey, what's who are these people? Hey, it's the warlords. Look at them. They're eating uh, a feast, including a stack of pizzas. That's not how you eat pizzas. It would also Blackbeard that, is a uh, true villain. Yeah. Looks like Suru's there too. Yeah, I see Suru there, and, and do I recognize any? Oh, the guy with the mustache. What's his name? I he I forget. He comes back in the next episode that we talk. Uh, Mihawk, Do Flamingo, Moria, who's not looking like he's in. Great <laughs> he's got shape. some bandages around his head. <laughs> he's so pissed. Look how pissed he is. And Kuma's just Kuma, so he's not. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting to like you. This is coming right, you know. It's it's a a few volumes later, but right off of Thriller Bark, to kind of be like, oh, uh, looks like Moria's still in the picture because you kind of like are used to once Luffy knocks somebody out, like like Crocodile, they're out, you know. But uh, but nope, Moria's still there. Yep, they covered it up. Well, Luffy's not going to blab. They didn't have to cover it up. No one, no one knew about it. Well, uh, yeah, they did have to cover it up because they wanted his power in fighting yeah. this war. Uh, so they're not getting along, but they're having food, uh, except for Mihawk, who just sits there. Um, and Garp and uh, Ace continue their conversation from, a f- I think that was a few chapters ago at this point. Yeah, and he's uh, like, Ace, you can't stop this war. You've like, angered the god of the sea. Whitebeard. Yeah. So we head... Officially now to Impel Down. Um, I think this was the first chapter that was in the print Shonen Jump when they started to catch up. So you will notice there's a little more pirate lingo, uh, like right off the bat with Sky. I noticed that returning too. Uh, that's interesting to note. I didn't didn't realize that that's why it was. But yeah. I was actually thinking of commenting, being like, "Hey, everybody complains about the pirate lingo in the beginning. It's actually right here too." No, but the only reason it's at this point, and you could tell there's some little weird things here too. And I think it's because they probably went straight to this prior to doing. A lot of the stuff in between when they're like, okay, we're getting rid of this or whatever. I, I'm I'm not quite sure why they brought it back there. It's weird. They use scalawags like two or three times and impel down. It's and it's like odd. swabs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, that, that means still that just doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really bother me either. It kind of like it's fine. It doesn't really bother me. It at just all. took me out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. It, yeah, it doesn't. I'm not angry about it. Uh, anyway, he explains to Garp that Whitebeard is his only father as, as he goes through what he doesn't like about his own father. Um, he loves his mother, Portkaz, but that's where he takes his name from. Whoever she is. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting stuff there. That's all I'll say. Anyway, we also see uh, Buggy's crew, which Momonga passes by. Uh, and they are Buggyless because Buggy has been captured in Impel Down. And he was going and, after uh, Captain John's treasure, and he wandered into what, a, a marine base. Is this the first time we've seen the guy that had the the bear ears? Has kind of a more he's more fuzzy yeah. and has like curly horns now. Moji, that's Moji. Moji, okay, okay, yeah. That's sorry. just how his hair grows. <laughs> <laughs> he's right, but he looks so much creepier. It's just a head coming out of a. Uh, he needs a haircut. <laughs> and, and, and Elvita's like, be serious. You guys can't you can't break in there. And Richie is sad. Everyone else is sad, too. But Richie's also thinking about food. 
when you read all these volumes in a row like this, it like these things tie in much more to one another. It's it's kind of cool. Anyway, we get like this series of fantastic two page spreads that just show the cruelty and craziness of <laughs> Impel Down. Um, and we but I, I just shot I just, of the before, yeah. Oh. Before so we move cool. on, I just, I just wanted to talk one thing. It's like, uh, <laughs> goodbye. Elvita convinces them to like, oh, we're gonna have to say goodbye to Captain Buggy. Have a painless execution. We'll never forget all you did for us. <laughs> Those guys, they're not very sentimental. Joey, do you want to discuss what you like about these first? Oh uh, yeah, it's you know, especially something about the one that's behind uh, Impel Down, especially looks like it yeah. just brings back those I, the ideas of those like old timey like maps where they say like there be monsters out here in the sort of uncharted waters and stuff it's just really really cool um and you know you got that sort of initial uh big iconic image of when the straw hat crew went to the um com belt and you saw a lot of the yeah. uh sea kings that were later used in openings and stuff and it's great to like see more and more and more of them I, I mean, I find it, I'm noticing this now, because we're going through every arc, but I love how every arc opens with these two-page these two, these two page spreads, just going through, this is what we're about to go into. Uh, I mean, if you look back, every single one, I think, has this, at least as of more recently. Um, you also see just how crazy, cruel, and what the hell is happening? Why is there a, a giant cow beating up this guy? Uh, there's spiders and lions and bears. Oh my. Thank you. Uh, I don't know why George Takei answered that, but sure. Um, I thought Kizaru was George Takei. Anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, four days pass and Luffy arrives and we get another really crazy look. And I mentioned this, uh, on Twitter, but that... Impel Down logo, besides being an I and a D, which is hard for a lot of people to notice as well. Well, they cut off the bottom of the D. Right. And, but it also has wings and a crown, which... What I, kind of wings are they, Zach? I guess they're Shandorian. <laughs> I mean, who who knows? It's, it's very odd, because those two things, if, again, the article, um, they kind of go against each other, because the one would be royalty and the other one would be... Uh, the angel people anyway i don't know i thought it was very interesting i just wanted to mention it and uh, yeah i i had a hard time i just want to comment on the i and the d uh when i first saw it i thought it was possibly a weird mutation of the kanji for like strength uh it looks sort of similar to that but that's all i could i could decipher from it and then thankfully oda addresses it in an sbs so, yeah, then we get into... This is my favorite... This might be one of my favorite color spreads. I don't know. I don't want to say my favorite because there's a it's lot. It's my favorite. Do you want to talk about it, yeah, Ed, then? Me too. It's so... It's so out of his style, but so still you can tell it's Oda by the way he draws his characters. Like, in, like the way Luffy's arms and legs are sort of distorted so they doesn't quite look as human as normal and you, like go around and him pulling on the, uh, on, like, the whisker of the dragon... And Zoro's weird shoulders and Nami looking like a courtesan. It's there's a there's a tiger and a dragon and oh it's so and Shall there's we? a dra- there's a dragon in in the One Piece logo at the bottom. It's one of my favorites as well. Uh, I had a sort of rotating uh, group of files for my desktop, and this was definitely one of them. Um, 
when you get a chance, you should Google Edo Tiger, E-D-O Tigers. Uh, there's a whole lot of art from the Edo period of tigers that are in a similar style to this, and they look great, and this looks great. Yeah, I, I've said time and time again, I think, not that often, but I've, I've said it before, that if uh, Oda pursues another manga, I'd love to see it in this kind of style. And, and he also drew, uh, for Naruto's 10th anniversary, he drew him in this style. Um, and I think he has a real knack for it, and I'd really love to see that one day. Uh, so we enter Impel Down. We meet Hannibal. What do you guys think of Hannibal? <laughs> Hannibal is a nonstop gag machine. I love him. He has an ugly character design. Ugly, ugly. <laughs> I, I love that, though. Yeah. But it's a Hanya mask. If you've ever seen um, Rurouni Kenshin, there's a character with a similar mask, but it's like a traditional uh, sort of a demon mask. I never I'd never that. put that together, but it's that's Han- Yeah, Hanya. It's a Hanya mask. Interesting. Yeah. No, it really is. Um, so anyway, Hancock has to disrobe, but also disrobe Luffy from her. Um, and as we learn in SBS, he's not under the code anymore. He's a... Uh, yeah. Uh, so he gets out, and uh, thanks to Hancock, and Hancock is stricken when he, she thinks he says, I love you, but when he's really saying thank you. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Ed, do you want to pick up? Um, yeah, it's, you know, it, they do all the, the like, the gags. You know, like, Luffy was just going to, like, I was just going to kind of bust out and go on a rampage, but. Uh, um, Fine, I won't. Yeah. But he does. Uh, we see the the oh, the blue gory these these guys go out and kill a sea king and bring the meat back for food like there's something not quite right with these guys like they're not people you know i love the design of the blue gory i mentioned that briefly when we were talking about the cover but they've got kind of like chicken feet or something and they're blue they look kind of like birds they look kind of like gorillas supposed like they're we're told that they're gorillas <laughs> but we don't see their face uh i love the, uh, the ooh, 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 sound Oh yeah, yeah, and the and the designs of all the sort of um, people that work in Impel Down with the hoods and stuff are very menacing looking, um, and that goes for the Blue Gory as well. And they've got those huge axes. I just I really love their design. I just want to say something about the Hanya mask that I just looked up right now. It the Hanya mask in Japanese traditional theater and no theater uh, portrays the souls of women who have become demons due to obsession or jealousy. It actually oh ties God. into. Ties into Hanyeville's character. Jealousy, yeah, Jealousy, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. I never. Um, and I, I, I knew the inspiration. I never, I never knew what uh, what exactly that was, though. So uh, Luffy just walks around the prison trying to find Ace. Hey, do you know uh, where Ace is, guys? Uh, yeah, but uh, we see that there's someone going wild on the crimson floor, level one of Impel Down. Um, yeah, people are trying to get him, like get the keys, but he runs into an old friend who's being chased by the Blugori. Uh Before we get into the whole, this whole thing, um, I thought I read Impel Down in a day. I think I did that with one other arc. I forget. Maybe it was Thriller Bark, um, and it's really fun. Um, because we read this week to week, obviously, Ed, when we mm-hmm. did the podcast and just before we did the podcast, but I think this works so much better as a marathon because it's like, uh, it's really like a thriller because you're like, what the hell's going to happen? What is going to happen? Uh, or even if you know what's going to happen, you're like, come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, 
because it just snowballs and then it hits a point and then it re-snowballs again, you know, mm-hmm. it's so crazy. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off like that. Uh, so yeah, Bucky and Luffy go on a flashy uh, mission to break <laughs> in slash out. And Bucky had managed to keep under wraps the fact that he has devil troop powers. That's why he's on level one to begin with. Oh, he said that. I did not notice. Yeah. Smart, smart guy. Sneaky. Sneaky, but we'll change from sneaky to flashy. Yeah, it's time time to be flashy. <laughs> and, we, we, and we find out why uh, level one is the uh, crimson hell after they run around knocking the crap out of the blue gory a little bit. Or Luffy does, at least. And, like, B- Buggy, like, separates himself all into, like, as many pieces as possible to avoid getting cut. Like, I mean, he's not going to get cut because that's just the guy he is. I love the re-explanations of everyone's powers as we go through here and collect new allies. It's... Did we actually ever get an explanation of the fact that he has this, like, range and that yes. his feet yes. hit the ground? Because, like... Yes. Oh, we did already? When he when he first showed up? No, not when he first showed up. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So that I feel like that was new information here. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's really useful because... Actually, it is because... No, they do explain it because Luffy grabs his feet at one point. I don't know if you remember during the fight, I think, in Volume 3. Oh, to tie him up? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um. Okay, so what happens next? So we have... Uh, so he tries to run away after... Luffy nicely gives him the treasure marker for Captain John's treasure. And Luffy is very gracious throughout all of this, especially with Buggy and other people who join join him. It's like but, even even after they like they're thinking about betraying him seriously, and uh, he's like, "Oh, but you guys have helped me so much already." No, stop being so nice to me. Whenever there's a diagram of a tower with like level one, level two, level three, like uh, like for example, Dragon Ball and Bobby D's. Uh, oh, ship yeah. or whatever, and or also like the Red Ribbon Army. Yep, or in Hunter Hunter, there's all sorts of things. I always kind of roll my eyes a little bit. It's like, okay, yeah, I've played video games. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very video game arc. Um, got to get to the bottom. But it's so fun. Time. Like, oh, yeah, 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 it's yeah. so great. No, um, I love Buggy's tears when he's like, "I'm a no good pirate. You shouldn't trust me." Uh, and yeah, as he says that, he is rammed into the, uh, <laughs> what do you call it? The guard room, guard room. uh, and straight through to the crimson hell and God damn, not a good place to be. Yeah. There's, uh, what the spiky trees and the blade grass. And I mean, we've talked about poison, we, poison spiders. We gloss over it, but the world government guys are probably a bunch of bastards because this is like a torture chamber beyond torture chambers and this is just level one yeah yeah i I think when we get to the end we're talking about our general thoughts i have some things to say about impel down for sure but like uh, this is our first indication because at the first level it's just kind of like a prison but here we start seeing these torture elements and it's like that's you know it's kind of weird it's it, it really takes me back for sure and so we go to level two when he is pushed down a well. Um, he's yeah, falling a, down a well. There's a basilisk there, man. Uh, yeah, and a manticore. Um, wait, not yet. Soon. Uh, and also Mr. Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we see, I think the, uh, the, the manticores are talking about, like, underpants. 
Um, so we haven't gotten there quite quite there yet. It's but. just about yeah. I mean, we you could talk about that if you want. Yeah, I just like the fact that as uh, when when Hannibal gets strung up later on, uh, we find out that he's wearing strawberry panties or strawberry boxers. Well, I mean, of course, but how many strawberries are on those boxers? Um, <laughs> but we find out about find out about Magellan's ten hours of diarrhea every day because he likes to eat poison food. Well, you know what they say, fight poison with poison. That's yeah, here's so here's the introduction of Magellan, and he is awesome. Like I love him. He's my favorite character from this arc. Uh, I love his design I with you. and uh, everything about him. I just really I love the fact that he sort of is a sort of slow moving menace, and that and you get this feeling from that from even his gag that he eats so much poison that he has diarrhea all the time that he just does not care. Like he nothing phases him like he's willing to go through that you know and that almost makes him seem tougher uh which is so weird <laughs> he's willing to like take out like be funny a little bit about it like be cheeky and like the poison gas and uh like you know my insolent underling <laughs> stuff that like whole that gag i love the <laughs> yeah he's pointing and laughing at him like he has this weird grin on his face but look he's still human he still gives into hancock's uh looks i guess uh Meanwhile, but there, there's wild. an intruder. Yeah, someone broke in. Why? I mean, figure what? out it's Luffy, but Magellan is too distracted to listen to it. It's kind of like the spandum thing in uh, in NES <laughs> lobby. That's how I. F- except Magellan's competent. It's just um, distracted. I mean, it's a, it's a reasonable distraction. Yeah. Uh, and so Mister Three joins up. It seems with uh with Buggy and Luffy. Who who would have thunk this? Because Mister Three, for those that don't recall, was a real bastard. Um, I love that Mr. Three is so kind of beaten up and worn down that his three sags. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it kind of comes back to life later on. Uh, I noticed it's like, oh, the three is kind of back to its full glory here. Uh, maybe that was a mistake, but he also has to lift it up to show, look, I am three. Uh, he's a lot more excited, like excitable later on when he's running and screaming. Maybe it makes his hair stand on end. Mm. And we get the first glimpse of Jimbei right after this. Well, also, Buggy's like, well, if I let all these guys out, I could probably slip out in the confusion. Mm. Seeds of, you know, Captain, he's saved by Captain Buggy. Um, I really love this this introduction to Jimbei here. He is yeah. clearly badass as hell. He looks so cool. And something I realized that maybe was obvious to some people, but I just realized it reading it this time, is that he looks like those Chinese dogs or those Chinese lions, uh, the foo dogs. Uh, he's got the curly eyebrows and, and side things and the, and the teeth and everything. Hmm. Uh, it's a really interesting design. He would give his life to stop this war. It's, it's, that's, I love that spread. His heart hurts. Um, so because you he go- can't, he, his heart hurts because he's not able to do what's right. Ed, you want to go through the conversation that the two of these guys have? So Jimbei and Ace have this sort of history that they discuss about how, you know, Whitebeard saved Fishman Island. You know, he hates other, you know, Jimbei hates other pirates, but, you know, Whitebeard's different because, you know, after the Great Pirate Age began, you know, Fishman Island is the one place where pirates can safely go through to the New World. So it was just getting wrecked all over the place. But, you know, Whitebeard claimed it as his own. He put it under his protection. And, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, he he owes, basically he owes uh, Lightbeard a, a great debt. You know, he protects many other islands as well. Um, you know, the government must know what's going to happen if this guy dies. And he wants to stop this battle, but there's one person that's 
eavesdropping here, and you might recognize him. No wonder he's a scar in his face. And a hook for a hand. Yeah. And his, and his name is Crocodile. Oh, wait. <laughs> he, he wants to kill he wants to kill Lightbeard and Jinbei's like you son of a bitch um, also keep and an some eye- big dudes with tongues sticking out <laughs> I was going to say keep an eye on, on everyone you see in this level well you guys know it's level 6 you guys read it already mm-hmm. um, because they're probably going to be important at some point in the story I'm, mm-hmm. I, I both know and don't know um, a lot of people hate Whitebeard so uh, let's head back to level 2 where the rampage continues and here are the manticores Ed yeah, the manticores and the puzzle scorpions. It wasn't, it wasn't a giant centipede at all. <laughs> I remember there was a lot of implied filler creatures, which was actually probably one of my favorite filler impel down things. And there was a lot of filler in impel down, and that probably was. Uh, remember, there was like a kung fu praying mantis or something. Yep, yep. Uh, but yeah, they uh, <laughs> they they're really obsessed with underpants. I mean, that's what they overhear. We don't actually see the puzzle scorpions do much, so maybe they do in the anime more. Oh yeah, we really don't, except that they explode, I guess that's enough to do. And then we see the Sphinx, who is a big fan of noodles, which made me in the mood for noodles. Yeah, can I can I take a second to talk about that, that noodle joke? Um, Please. There's something that I think maybe didn't make it maybe possibly wasn't even in the manga and was maybe an anime thing only that I'm remembering because it was not in here, but it could be just something that's untranslatable. And so they just left it out. But like, so he's talking about noodles, which uh, the suffix for noodles is men. So like ramen, so men, tanmen, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm pretty sure that in the Japanese version, maybe just in the anime, when he actually breaks the ground, he says gomen, which means sorry. And so it's like, (laughs) A little pun uh yeah but there's no indication that he says sorry in the manga so i i don't think i'm that making that a, up that might be a pun that's untranslatable <laughs> yeah 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 that's be, where it says it's praying amen that might be go men it might be, yeah that might be you know joke. what maybe that's it they maybe that's have, they the may part. have just uh yep. put that into an english joke because it is that does make sense men 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 yeah. mr three gets him to break through the floor by like making all these wax uh you know, wax doubles like whack-a-mole. Uh, without the coloring, it's not doesn't quite work as well, but it's good on a stupid Sphinx. And unfortunately, though, it's also good on a stupid Mister Three because it caves in the entire floor. Yeah, he gets taken down too. Speaking of kung fu mantises, there there's one with Usopp. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe, maybe they that's where they got that. the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we get to level, uh, we fall from level two, where they're still rioting. Um, and actually, before we get to level three, we go to Marine Headquarters, where we really go to Marine Headquarters a lot. I mean, it makes sense, because the war is approaching. But um, we have a little conversation about how crazy Luffy is, and Garp finds it hilarious. And also that Gold Lion, a pirate that could fly 20 years ago, was the last person to do this. So watch Strong World is the message. <laughs> yeah, manga readers, don't worry about it. It's kind of a bummer that that's going to be, I don't know, unless it is, he is eventually addressed in the manga, that's sort of a thread that may be untied if you were just a solely a manga reader. Well, but... Chapter Zero is given... That's true. If you buy the big manga packs, if you haven't already... Um, chapter zero is in there. It's a very good read. Um, I think it came out around a little later than this, like probably when you're done 
with the stuff that we do this this time, you could read that. Um, I think that's fair to say. Um, it's it's a very good read, and it'll tie things together a little more. And then watch Strong World because it is a great movie, and it's worth it. Um, what's next, Ed? Well, next is <laughs> level three, the Starvation Hell. It's you know, it's heated from the bottom, as we find out, and uh, Luffy actually eats the barbecued bird that uh, falls in, like, implants. Level two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like, people are tied up on sticks up here. It's really, like, and they, they actually get caught pretty easily. Yeah, the Sphinx, uh, along with them, get caught into mm-hmm. probably one of the most stereotypical traps you could get caught in, uh, which is walking on a net and getting pulled up. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately the, I mean, fortunately for them, the Sphinx was there too, so they break out pretty easily. The Sphinx breaks them out. Also, we get Saul Death, who I'm a fan of that guy too. We don't really get the Saul Death Sardesu pun, but yeah, yeah. They, they try to explain it. But what was it again, Ed? For the for the uh, audience, right? That's Saul Death, when said in Japanese, is like Sardes, which means, which can also be heard as Sarudes or I'm a monkey. Oda loves monkeys. Yep. I know it loves puns. Uh, so, yeah, the, the group of them gets out, and then you hear it. Undu. Blech. Undu. Whatever the other one is. I'm not doing the whole thing. <laughs> anyway, it's Mr. Two. Um, oh, come my way. And I was super In harmony to see him. Uh, <laughs> I, f- I freaking love that character, and it's... Uh, what a cool place to, to reintroduce that. I remember Impel Down just became, it's like, for readers who have made it this far, it's like, now you get to see all your obscure favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah you like, really never know who's going to show up. I mean, no. it is a lot of specifically Alabasta characters, but, like, yeah. uh, it was really exciting to kind of feel like anybody could pop back up. Mr. Mr. 3 was not popular. Mr. 2 is just spinning the ambiguous days away, and he's like, oh, if it isn't Mr. 3, <laughs> It's two, three. I love his double take. Uh, then we get an introduction to uh, everyone's favorite, Sadi-chan, and her koala... What is it? Mina-koala? Mina-koala. Um, <laughs> both characters, very self-explanatory. But, like, it's the reputation of Impel Down that prevents them from, like, letting other people in, and it's it, it's another one of those things that really, you know, compounds the problem. Although, honestly, they, the Navy probably wouldn't be able to find their way around anyway. I also forget how long in this arc but where Hancock sticks around, because um, here she is, and she's here to see Ace. And um, this whole scene is, is very interesting how it's done. So uh, you got Magellan, who's entranced by Hancock, of course. Um, she, he, he realizes everything is getting out of control, so he takes out his Hydra, which is a crazy-looking attack. Um, accidentally kills a few people, uh, or poisons a few people. As I love the- as his power. I also love the way Hannibal like pulls off like a party cracker for yeah. Hancock as her entrance. Uh, we also learned that Hancock whispered to Ace that Luffy is there. Mm-hmm. Um, when everyone else was distracted, no one heard the conversation. Yeah, perfect time. Um, um, oh, now I forgot his name. The the poison guy that I was Michelle. just saying. Oh, yeah, diarrhea. Yeah, Magellan, he... Your favorite character. Do we, yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. I feel really bad now. <laughs> but uh, his, he's like a paramecia, right? He's just, it, like, secreting this 
That's what uh, I figured. Poison. He's not actually turning into the poison. Well, yeah, he never. He never becomes even in his final form as the at the end of the arc. He never becomes like mm-hmm. a poison. Like a, a, a He's not made of poison. I hate yeah, to make yeah, a. Yeah. I hate to make a bleach reference, but his final form kind of looks like that fox guy's. With, it uh, also looks like Sasuke's like, thing in Naruto. It also looks uh, like fo- it, looks like, it also looks like the God Warrior from Nausicaa. There you go. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's a trope. I guess it's a trope. Yeah. Um so we get a uh, Luffy finally reunites with Zoro. Wait, no that's that's not Zoro. <laughs> nope. Uh so yeah, no Bon Clay. Do you remember his abilities cuz he, you know, he he's able to mask himself as different people. That's, that's pretty important. His yeah. graphic, it reminds you. And he um, destroys the Sphinx though. That was an awesome panel. Uh now I just there's so many good color spreads and this is the first time we see all seven warlords together. Um this is also a really great co- yeah. color That spread. was the uh yeah. November November December in that calendar. Amazing. It's very and exciting we get to it. see them all together. You have the calendar. <laughs> yes, we get it. Um we also <laughs> find out the real names of uh Mr. 3 is Galdino and Mr. 2 is Bentham Bonclay. Um interesting note, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't remember where, but somewhere I saw somebody uh, on like an ANN site or something listing Bentham as a character that was in some One Piece thing, and I was like, oh, just because I'm doing this read through, I can remember that's Mister Two. But I would never have remembered yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Me too. <laughs> it's uh, but he has someone else that he wants to see as well on level five. Hmm. Um, and Magellan finally is now in the loop, having gotten Hancock away. Um, explain that he will execute all of the everyone really, um, and we get the Minotaur who is very formidable, like surprisingly mm-hmm. formidable. Um, With his uh, midriff exposed, and we found out Evenkoff is the person Ed that uh, Bob yeah. Clay is after. We see how fast the Minotaur moves when he hits. Mr. Two with the 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 bat, the spiky oh. bat. Like he's he's thing? he's not fast. He's sudden. <laughs> oh, they say that. Yeah. No. That's... No, that's just what. No, that's just something that they say a lot on Sports Center. Okay, beyond me. Uh, you you know our audience at Sports yeah, Center. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the right references to make. Um, <laughs> we also get. Uh, Luffy sends the Minotaur flying with a jet bazooka. But it's not enough because it comes right back. And so as they embark toward level four, the Minotaur comes back and Buggy uses his special monkey ball, which isn't named after him, but it's also good. Don't worry. I want to. I just want to talk about this Mr. Two gag. He's like, where he, after he gets hit by the Minotaur, he says, oh, my makeup is ruined. I need cosmetics and ballet slippers and clothes and weapons and booze and tears and the Okama way. <laughs> now he's reminding me of the guy from Airplane. I love how he's just sort of in his own world all the time. Um, he's in a play and no one else is watching. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you want to keep us going from there, Ed? Yeah. So we're talking about Ivankov. He was arrested on trumped-up charges. The queen of Kamabaka Kingdom, where Sanji is right now, and he is the world's greatest drag queen. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this character already, and I haven't even met him yet. Yeah, I, I think we've always been big Ivankov fans. I, I'm. He's nuts, and we'll we'll talk more when we get to mm-hmm. it. Um, but Mister Three and Luffy work together upon Luffy's suggestion, uh, and even though it's hot, the wax works just enough to 
to get past the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. And we get to level four where everyone is gathered and we enter volume 55. What do you think of this cover? I love it. I love the ace behind the burning. It's like uh, the Viva card is burning away and you can see him being revealed behind there as the... And also the the awakened beasts are ridiculous. I don't think we I don't think we've said that yet, but it's said in this volume that they're awakened beasts. Um, Joey, what do you think of this cover? Yeah, Oda's really embracing the bright colors, um, and this is a nice uh, grapefruit colored background. And, and, and that is the perfect uh, that is the perfect description <laughs> for that color. And the uh, the yeah, I think um, you know the the ace thing is the probably the most interesting design element. But the thing that really stands out to me is the Minotaur beasts. They just look really cool. I was always a little iffier about this cover. I don't know why. Um, I just I don't know. I don't have a good. Do, do you associate it with opening twelve at all, Zach? Because it's colorful and it takes place during Impel Down, which completely shouldn't work together. No, that's not why. Okay. Um, just thought I'd ask. This came before opening twelve, I think. I don't know. It just seems a little underwhelming. I'm, I'm, I don't hate it. Uh, it's just I'm not. It's just not one of my favorites. Um, all right, let's let's get into this. Let's finish this. First, I want to just quickly point out the first. Uh, cover image for this chapter is uh sanji looking for a ufo with a ram and i really like that one uh, oh yeah that's a good one uh and there's one right behind them right behind them turn around so close wake, wake up sheeple the truth is out there oh my god that oh no that's a goat <laughs> damn it damn it ed wait wake up goat goat pole and it says on the um telescope mieru which means like see like i see it so uh we get some really interesting stuff here uh, where we learn, you know, Ace is going to be uh, escorted tomorrow morning. We get a good time frame here. We also learn that Shanks and Kaido have, uh, have like, uh, clashed. I think that's the right word. Yeah, Kaido was trying to take advantage and kill Whitebeard. Shanks interfered, so. Interesting, uh, interesting development there. Um, and Momonga noting that who could stop a fight among the four emperors, you know, further going into how insanely strong they are. I mean, obviously preparing for a war with Whitebeard is putting everyone on edge. And it's kind of crazy to think that while the chaos is going on here and everyone's preparing for war, there's even other sort of crazy, exciting battles going on in the world. Very good point. Uh, we head to level four, the Inferno Hell, where people are being thrown into a giant cauldron. Yeah, and uh, Mr. One is there. And oh, and, and we, Buggy and Mr. Three are complaining while Luffy picks dried blood out of his nose, and then the whole thing just collapses on them. They end up down level four. We also get a full spread uh, introducing who we saw on the cover, the uh, Minnow Zebra, Minnow Koala, Minnow uh, Rhinoceros. We learn one is shy, one is feisty, and one is quiet. Uh which we really don't get into at all beyond that. Um, it's yeah. one of those little little added characterizations. Magellan has organized his troops, and they're blocking all the entrances. He's using uh, his outhouse, his portable outhouse, it seems, right? Yes, he, I like Magellan. One of the little things we haven't mentioned about him is like, I want to go. To, I, he's kind of depressed, you know. Like, I want to go to a dark, closed-off place. Hmm. Sometimes he's he gets just down. He gets down on himself sometimes, you know. Um, Very gloomy. And uh, Bon Clay realizes where Luffy's headed, and we should all know where Luffy's headed, and that's toward the kitchen because he's Luffy. But in front of him, badass spread. I love this spread. Magellan just 
collapses in front of him. I, I don't know the word for it. Uh, he like yeah, he like lands. Yeah, but that I falls love, down. I love you have the poison dripping off of him as he comes down. It's nuts. It's Criminal great, scum. and it's and it's like accentuated by Mr. T freaking out at the <laughs> on the right side there. Uh, it's so good, and even the guard, like one of the guards, is kind of falling back, like, oh god. <laughs> See, I still think Oda's on the top of his game here. I can't like I haven't noticed any real deterioration in the art. I think it, this is some of the best stuff I've seen from him to this point here mm-hmm. even. Magellan's interesting because you get this sort of like this far away shot, you get this sort of scritchy, uh, hatchy line work, but then when you get these close ups, the way that he does the poison effect is very clean, like yeah. uh, where he says criminal scum at the end. Uh the way that he portrays that is very clean and it makes it almost look like it's glowing. Yeah, well, I think in the anime it's like a green color, right? It's like a neon green. I don't remember. I think so. Poison is usually purple in anime stuff. Oh, you know what? It might be purple. I'm also colorblind, so again, not the right person to ask. Uh, so, yeah, we, we get this whole battle, which is nuts and does not go very well for Luffy, but is still a lot of fun to watch and kind of gruesome to watch. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts on this battle. We're gonna have to go word by word, but yeah, yeah it's the, Magellan is really a master of his devil fruit. Yeah, definitely. And Bon Clay has to run away, realizing like, look, either we both die or one of us survives to save the other. Um, but yeah, Luffy just gets taken out with the Hydra, and like the and also like he has the bubble attack that he, that he uses. But um, yeah, the gas masks and I mean, oh, the way Luffy the way he, tra- yeah. the way he travels around the Venom Road. It's that's really innovative. He takes off his we and he actually doesn't have horns. That's like much like Buggy. He has like things for his hair. Oh, yeah, yeah that that that's was. really interesting yeah. uh, for sure. Because mm-hmm. with like Hannibal actually having horns on his face, it's kind of easy to imagine that um, Magellan had horns as well. And we see here, just uh, he loses his vision. He loses his hearing, and it's just these these are crazy looking panels too. When you kind of look at Luffy's perspective. Yeah, it's like it's 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 one of those sort of super impossible situations where, uh, you know, like when you were thinking of Luffy fighting uh, certain characters that he's having a hard time punching them or something. It's like even if Luffy connects, it hurts him. And so mm-hmm. it just seems like a, an impossible situation to win. And it is because he loses and he goes to hell. <laughs> and Buggy and Mr. Three have decided to go the other direction and try and escape up to uh, level two, back up to level three. Meanwhile, Luffy and Bon Clay, uh, mm-hmm. who had been disguised as Hannibal in a very smart uh, diversion, uh, head down to level four, mm-hmm. uh, along with Buggy and Mr. Three as prisoners. Um, Although I do love the gag of... Um, uh, the, I think it was the real Hannibal before Mr. Two mess, comes to get him, mess with him. And he's like, I, I you know... If they if those if those guys got away, it'd be bad for the warden. I'll I'll let them through, but they just attack him, so he has to like he's compelled to take them take them out. <laughs> he like, wanted to let them through. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, we find out what may have happened to Evenkoff, the, the demon's invitation, where they're just disappeared mm-hmm. essentially. Um, but we realize that for some reason this is like a gag out of a sitcom uh yes Hannibal likes to go uh with no shirt on into the freezing hell and yeah go, go for it alone no one will help you mm-hmm. um 
and so he's forced to escort those prisoners without any shirt on. And I love that introduction to the frozen hell where the, like someone has frostbite and their finger falls off, and they're trying to oh, eat geez, frozen yeah. bread, and their teeth break. And, like, that's just, ugh, it's so it's so hopeless. It is. Um, I feel like that thing with Hannibal also helps kind of reinforce the fact that he actually is strong. I think Oda did it sort of realized early on that he made him so sort of silly and pathetic that he was kind of like having to reinforce to us like, no, this guy's actually real tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that comes back later, too. I, I really like Hannibal as a character a lot. I think he uh, we'll get to that soon. Um, and we, we get to the frozen hell where Luffy is just kind of thrown yeah, they need a miracle. Yeah, I mean, he is in a bad place, and then there comes Mr. Two. Oh, Zach, can we just say, on the list of uh, of prisoners, the Panda Man is there. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. I, was, I should have noticed that. Right off, right, right under the crossed off oh, in Porio Ivankov. Yeah. <laughs> Rochi Thompson. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, it's interesting. And... Here, Mr. Two comes in literally to save the day, and I, if you did not like Mr. Two before, this at this point, come on. And, like, the other prisoners, like, send him over to, like, oh, yeah, there's that guard thing over there. Like, shouldn't we tell him that's where the crazy wolves make their, the wolves who are too crazy for the beast hell because they would eat the sphinx, you know? And, like, eh, should we tell him that's where their den is? Like, nah, he'll figure it out. <laughs> and he does. Um... <laughs> But even Luffy, you know, has to kind of help in this fight against these wolves. And he. I love the battle of Mr. Two and the wolves. I love the sequence. And I mean, it, it's. I forgot that it ended with Luffy do, using that Conqueror's King hockey again against these wolves. Mm-hmm. So even in this state, he's able to, to do that. And here comes Mysterious Guy with 26 hours left till Ace's execution. What a. That must. I forgot like how crazy a cliffhanger that probably was. Mm-hmm. Another super great character design. Oh yeah, I mean, I think this arc, if it has one thing, it's amazing character designs, yeah. and and uh, animal designs. Oda really got to go crazy with that. And who thought in the prison arc he'd go crazy with animals? Uh, we find out what happened to Hannibal and how he got captured. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously, Nami. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nami is probably the most beautiful woman Mr. Two is, uh, has touched, encountered. Yeah. yeah. Touched, yeah. And uh, we, see a, we see kind of a, a montage as time passes here. Uh, mm-hmm. Magellan's on the toilet. Uh, the Blue Gory are doing their thing. Uh, Saudi Chan's looking for Mr. Two. And we turn up where, Joey? New Kamaland. Uh, Mr. Two wakes up to find people partying and, and eating and having a great time. And, yeah, who, where, what, how? Suddenly that, 5. that 5. guy that uh, rescued him shows up, but uh, dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. Mm-hmm. Dude looks like a lady. Anyway. It's paradise. So we see... Uh, the show begin. Uh, lights down, please. That's uh, and uh, th- this is the introduction of Evenkoff, and uh, it's fantastic, and it's everything you'd expect it to be. Um, mm-hmm. and of course, some random guy shows up and tries to kill him. Uh, but after a series of dramatic ploys, uh, she he turns him into a woman. Uh, love the overly dramatic. Ed. 
I love the overly dramatic not jokes that uh, that he does all throughout. All, all throughout, there's like, oh, that didn't hurt me at all, or like, you know, I'm like, I, I wouldn't die. What's really interesting, I always take note when there's a monarchy, is that his father was turned into a woman and stopped running the kingdom, and he was now just a pirate. And so he was, although I guess, how the hell did he get in here? I don't get it. Okay, whatever. Uh, And he sought his revenge here, and it backfired. Mm Mm-hmm. And he gets turned into a woman himself. Two two mothers, one daughter. That's fine, too. You know, (laughs) whatever gender you want, you know? It's uh the the board what is it the I've already shattered the borders of gender we all have mm-hmm. I've transcended it um so we were kind of talking about even coffin hinting it's, about him you know I, it it's a it's a good message <laughs> no I think I think it is I I personally like even cough and he is proud of who he wants to be and I think we had a lot of trouble genderifying him in particular. Uh, which mm-hmm. is true because, and you know, now that I look back, you'd say, "Oh, that's not really cool." You can't call if you can't figure out either if it's him or her. That's not really cool. You should go by who they identify as. But in here, even Kof clearly does not have an identity. He changes his mind or her mind at will, as we see going forward. Yeah, I'll, I think the I'll, adjective I'll, "iffy" is yeah. Turn about. I guess I, I just always refer to Ivankov. You know, when he's a man, he's a man. When she's a woman, she's a woman. That's just yeah. how it goes. And I think it's great that his his crew essentially uh, changes as well. I also like, love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, we probably should mention that. Uh, elements to this. I mean, clear elements uh, inspiring those designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ed, what, what's happening to Luffy while this is all going on? Well, he's already been treated. Like, Although, he begged for Mr. Two to be treated first, because that's the kind of guy he is. But uh, he is receiving the hormone treatment because Ivanko is the horm horm man. He can, he has the power to control hormones. But basically, Luffy's body is breaking down and rebuilding itself at an astounding rate, and he's in great amount of pain. So they had to lock him up and let him scream it out. Basically, this is gonna take two days allegedly. And it it's it's gruesome looking stuff here too. I mean, this mm-hmm. is probably the worst thing. Luke it's going to cost himself. him 10, year, 10 years of his life. It's going to cost him. Well, I was reading, and Otis said people live until 140, so 130 is not bad. <laughs> that's right. That's right. This <laughs> uh, is just a brutal scene in general, and it's great just to see. And, and what Bon Clay does to kind of, like, keep his spirits up is amazing. And during this, you get Evenkov's exposition about what level 5.5 is, how it's this kind of hidden paradise built by some mysterious mole person or something. Yeah, and also we, uh, we say, uh, you know, Mr. Two is like, wants to interfere, that Luffy's suffering so much, but even Cost says, miracles only happen to those who never give up. Never underestimate the power of miracles. That's a good that line. line. Yeah. yeah. Even Cough also explains what happened originally to Shiryu, the former... Vice warden, I guess they're being two. the chief, chief jailer. I think they called him. Um, no, chief jailer is a lower position. I think they were both. No, that's what they said. They called him head jailer. Oh, head jailer. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting to to note that, and he was too brutal in his uh, mm-hmm. in his methods, even compared to Magellan, who's pretty damn brutal. He talked. So, do you lot... think when he was in post, he was still under Magellan? Um. 
I guess he was. I think they were like equals. I thought I thought they were equals. Okay. Uh, he might have been under Magellan. Magellan's pretty freaking strong. He did take out Luffy with Well, you know, I'm not talking about strength, I'm just talking about position. True. Uh, but yeah. Um we also find out uh what what's going on on level six and how even like people like Crocodile are there if you couldn't guess that that's who that was. Um and we also find out who else is on level six people like, um, do we have the list here? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Catalina uh, Devon. Uh, San Juan Wolf. San Juan Wolf. Vasco shot. Who are these people? I don't know. Just remember those names. That's all I got to say. Um, and then we get the final hurrah, hurrah. And, but as this is going on, Ace is going to be taken out momentarily. Time is ticking. Um, mm-hmm. and he worries about Luffy. He worries about Luffy. And Luffy, who is literally emaciated, he is a skeleton here, uh, wakes up. The screaming stops way before it's supposed to. 20 hours. He's Uh, a skeleton with a water balloon under him. (laughs) Well, once he eats. Yeah. It's like a whirlpool. (laughs) It's creepy to see him in that state. But he does like the Kumadori life return thing with the food. Accurate. Very accurate. Um, and and Bon Clay, after supporting him for that entire time, collapses. And so, what happens next, Ed? It's yeah, the, it's this big conversation between Luffy and Evenkov. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> they they no, they explain about the fever card and like the paper is st- it's still going downward. So Ace is still is still clearly down there, um, but. Yeah, he's uh, Eva basically says like uh, he he's gonna help Luffy, but you know it's not time for Eva to escape himself because um, he has someone that he needs to see. Yeah, um, but he's gonna wait for Dragon to move to escape. But uh, the, I love the delayed reaction of the "You're dead." <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, I really like that gag, and we also <laughs> kind of see Dragon for the first time. In this kind of context, I think, you know, yeah. like in a... He always looks to the east. Yeah, and I love Dragon. I never realized that Dragon was kind of smirking there. It's like, mind your own business. Yeah, and let me let me have my family life that I never attend to. Um, people call Goku a bad father, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, Gohan also... knows he has a dad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it also makes, like, Luffy's, you know, general, you know, Luffiness more understandable to Eva... Um, and Inazuma, who, for if you didn't know by this point, was the half and half person, uh, who also changes gender mysteriously, uh, is led to figure out exactly what's going on. And even Kov tries to put two and two together. She's like, okay, so Luffy's father is Dragon. That means Ace's father is Dragon. Does that mean the world government is prepared to go against Dragon and Whitebeard? What's going on here? Uh, things aren't adding up quite perfectly here yeah uh, even cause a little mistaken it's not that he's mistaken he realizes something's amiss um and so we figure out here that they're gonna all break out this is dragon son i'll help him and so she injects him with energy hormone and so the breakout begins and they head through quickly through level four uh level five and head to level six but it's too mm-hmm. late. Yeah. Ace is gone. 
Uh, Ace has already been, it's just being taken up the elevator. Can't go up the elevator, though, because that would be too fucking easy. Um, so instead, they decide to align with two unusual people down there. Uh, Joey, who do they align with? Well, a familiar face from Luffy's past, Sir Crocodile, and uh, Jimbei, a new challenger. And, and Joey, what is Sir Crocodile... Uh, what what makes him kind of follow along? He is interested in taking down Whitebeard, so he's kind of like, hey, you know, uh, yeah, if we can go, if I can hang out with you, and then I could go take down this guy Whitebeard, uh, I'm pretty into that. He also has a mysterious past with Evencoff, which uh, has not True. yet been explained. Yeah, lots of, uh, lots of fun theories about that. You fiend. Uh, the Sorry, this is how he responds to Evencoff. Uh, I don't know, that's, that's the way Jinbei would speak. He's kind of old-timey. No, no, that was Crocodile. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. And so the crew is assembled. And, uh, I mean, we'll get more people as we go, but that's that's the core going there. And so they head out. Uh, Inazuma also has scissors as a power. That's yeah. important to note. I love the well, shot of all of them together because, like, Luffy and Jinbei are, like, drenched in blood and the other three are <laughs> looking pretty pretty pristine. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. It's pretty crazy. Um, also, just how they're just reluctant allies. Probably. I mean, Crocodile, really? Um, yeah, that that was really exciting because I love Crocodile. And to see too. him, like, you don't get a lot of, like, it's a pretty common thing in, like, in Dragon Ball, Piccolo's a bad guy. And then, then the next arc, he's kind of a good guy. And then they become friends. And, and Vegeta and, the, and, and Vegeta, Boo. Et cetera, et cetera. And that happens in, like, a lot of Shonen stuff. And that hasn't happened too much in in one piece and it's really exciting to like to get to get a little of that on a mass scale here uh meanwhile shiru offers his help to uh lend some assistance here and hannibal since magellan's caught up with ace and escorting ace out hannibal's left in charge of everything as everyone starts rioting and also just to say that uh the vice admiral who came to get ace was onigumo also interesting thank you Ed. Yeah, one of the five vice admirals of the buster call um, so the prison breakout gang begins on level four. Um, I mean, level five quickly, but level, level four is where things start going crazy and you get just cool moves from everyone. I'm not going to go through all of it just cause it's, yeah. it's awesome, but it's fighting. Uh, so there's not much to say other than awesome. it's fun. It's fun to read. Yeah. Mr. One is also let free during this whole thing. And you just get the, all these, there's a he's lot crocodile's of only real friend, you know, get a lot of those two paid. <laughs> he is. That's true. And they didn't even know each other that well, let's be honest. And at some point, Crocodile gets his uh, fur coat back, which is which Yeah, they is explain important. in the SBS that he stole it from someone. Um, where the hell do they keep cigars in Impel Down? Good question. I think the newcomer probably had them. Look, he cares about his appearance. Well, I also love um, even Cobb's gigantic face. That's it's at the very end of this volume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think we can move on to volume fifty six, and I do oh, really um, love buggy. It. Buggy has freed everyone on level two. Buggy is the savior again. of level two. The legend of Buggy continues. He saved them again. He saved them once, remember, and they yeah. saved them again. I forgot that Inazuma's orange and white. I always think of him as black and white, like a cream uh, I like the like. orange. Uh, what do you think of the cover, volume fifty six? Uh, yeah, I it's a good spotlight on Ivankov. Uh, I didn't mention this when we were first talking about him, but like, uh, 
when for a long time uh, I was a huge One Piece fan and my wife just kind of knew it as that crazy series with the people that would make crazy screaming faces all the time. And even cough was definitely the thing that kind of tipped it over a little bit to where she was like, I want to know more about this series. And, and eventually she was just into even Cobb for a long time. And then finally uh, has now read the whole series and stuff. But even Cobb is just undeniably interesting. <laughs> I think uh, when we first spoke to J. Michael Tatum back in 2010, uh, even cough was a big draw, I think for him. <laughs> That's wild. I, how could you not go listen to that interview? The Godcast. Um, 63 episode 63 i think something like that yeah um so so we start out here uh seeing ace uh heading out of impel down realizing that someone else has arrived in impel down ed do you want to tell us who's there it's blackbeard blackbeard has arrived at impel down and he is here to wreck shit Um. yeah yeah he is uh he's got his guy and uh, i loved lafitte with his wings just what all the over hell the... is that what is yeah that is that on? the first we've ever seen of his powers yeah so it's... yeah and he basically just uses his darkness powers and he's gonna do whatever he wants to in this prison he's here for a reason and uh yeah i love how the stakes are just up to such a level when that happens you're like shit mm-hmm. um and when magellan hears this he realizes okay time to unleash shiryu he'll deal with blackbeard uh mm-hmm. i'm sure that won't backfire not uh, at all so I love when we see the, the long shots of the prison break group. You just see Evenkov's head over everyone. Well, I mean, as we, already, we already see Shiryu cuts the guys. So, uh, But yeah, the rampage of with Evenkov's face, always good. Um, and it, there's just, and you get the awakened peace thing and you get the, just them getting beaten up like one after was that the two page spread and then the next two page spread mm-hmm. of just them of crocodile Jimbe and luffy doing their thing yeah the on the the hell wink and the death wink oh, it's so good um oh we're almost up to where we started this podcast we're so close right now yeah. uh we go back to crimson hell where we see shiryu and blackbeard face each other there and and then we head immediately back to this fight as even cough feels like being a woman here. And so she, uh, tries to take care of Sadie Chan. Uh, meanwhile, Hannibal shows off his true badassery here. Yeah. This I, is I where, this, this is where Hannibal, lo- I love this speech. Like he reminds us that for civilians, like when Aokiji did back in long, long, long land that, you know, for civilians, pirates are the bad guys. Usually, you know, like people, if the prisons like impel down weren't here, the people would live in fear, and that's kind of a false equivalence because impel down doesn't need to be as brutal as it is. No, but yeah, he has he has like half of a he has a half of a valid point. And Luffy does a pretty good job of beating him up, but it's not he doesn't finish the job until I mean he he hits him down, beats him down. Hannibal makes his grand speech, but it's interrupted by Blackbeard saying. Don't waste your time with this. You're not. You're wrong. You're not going to find an answer. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone is face to face, and Luffy realizes who Blackbeard is—the guy from Chaya, but also the guy who caught, who Ace was after, and who caught Ace. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, tells it's a big Luffy, moment. Yeah. Basically, tells Luffy that Ace fought him to save. Ace, it saved Luffy's life. It's really cruel to say that to Luffy, just just torturing him with the knowledge that Ace got captured because of him. 
so this is a pretty big deal because this is where we started the podcast here chapter 544 uh in 2009 um and it is a really momentous moment in the series as well i don't know if that was that wasn't done on purpose because we started the podcast because the simulcast issue um Mm -hmm. which is an odd reason in retrospect uh but we get the fight with with luffy and blackbeard here uh and it kind of ends in a draw but luffy was probably not going to win that if, no. if you want my simple opinion here um and we get a interesting conversation asking blackbeard you wanted to be one of the seven warlords you got my spot this is crocodile speaking here yeah and so why are you doing this and he's like i'm not telling you uh i have a plan i know what i'm doing and the crocodile's like yeah i don't care <laughs> i remember reading at the time saying oh come the fuck on just Ask him. Just ask him. But that's not the kind of guy Crocodile is. No. Crocodile really does not care. Um, and the fight continues. Chaos continues. Blackbeard goes his separate way. Uh, oh, but he says that the One Piece definitely exists, just like Sky Island existed. And uh, he's. it's time for him to put on a show. And also he smashes Hanyuel's face. <laughs> Again? Or he, like, stomps his head into the ground. That happened before, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that moment where Blackbeard says like that the One Piece exists is a great moment. Mm-hmm. Um it's 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 really great to see this the sort of similarities between him and Luffy. Yeah, and I've always wondered cuz I mean they're clearly at odds um and they're clearly mm-hmm. set up to be you know antagonists with each other. But I I I'm it's very weird that they have such similar ideals in a way. Well, they're both they're both it's, D. It's also well, a big kind of like curious thing about how much Blackbeard knows because he seems to like he seems to at least put on an air that he knows that the one piece exists and he, he maybe even knows what the one piece is, but uh it's, it's hard to say at this point. But he st- he still takes the poison from Magellan, although with what we know from his powers when he fought Ace that doesn't really mean much well for the rest of the crew it does yeah but i yeah, think it's there like <laughs> holding his eyes and rolling I th- around yeah i but it mean i think he has the power to nullify devil fruits nope. i think you, you don't know how they get fixed it says here how that happens or you, you might not have read it because it was like the first chapter of the past where we were they the share you later gives them the antidote oh, okay yeah i did not i didn't go past uh the thank you chapter. I think it's just. I think nice. it's the page after. Yeah. It's nice Ooh. to see Magellan like is able to kind of deal with them, you know, quickly mm-hmm. and yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. If not for the turncoat. Yeah. If, he, and who cut all communications with the outside world? Yeah, uh, Magellan really got screwed over here, mm-hmm. um, which we'll talk a little bit about in the referee segment probably if we are still awake at that point. Uh, Mr. Three and Buggy have this amazing reaction to uh, seeing Luffy again. Yeah. Uh, things are things really come to a head here, and even Koff decides to take a stand and uh, stop Magellan mm. as best as he can. His makeup gets taken off. <laughs> it's that stupid joke. It's like, not, I am fine. Um, That's all the not... You remember, you remember the movie Borat? He's yes. trying to have like uh, comedy lessons, and like he's taught that the un like the like you know, not is like the unfunniest of all jokes. It just reminds me of that every time. We're making some odd references tonight. Austin Powers, Borat, uh, my wife. <laughs> uh, 
It's funny because it's not funny anymore. Uh, so Crocodile encounters Mr. Three, calling him a piece of trash because, as you remember, that relationship did not end well. Um, and Magellan kind of interrupts the party. And uh, we realize here that uh, Mr. Three has an ability that kind of cancels out Magellan's, which is very interesting. Also, uh, in the SBS, uh, trans, uh, not transgendered, uh, gender swapped uh, straw hats for those who are curious. You could check that out, chapter 545. <laughs> um, so. This is where things uh, reach their climax, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Luffy is armored up by Mr. Three, and meanwhile, Jinbei decides to go to sea to catch the remaining uh, warships, which he had been under the impression were leaving and managed to make it just in time to throw a nice Kamehameha, uh, underwater Kamehameha <laughs> at him. Uh, Joey, what do you want to go through this scene? Uh, yeah, where Jinbei, uh, so Jinbei crashes in on the warship and, uh, and, uh, brings, uh, Crocodile and Mr. One and, uh, Buggy aboard, yeah. right? <laughs> Buggy is like, is like, fling me on, fling me where? What? Ah! <laughs> Buggy was yeah. with them in the first place. Buggy's ready like, to appear like the tough guy, for sure. <laughs> well, he's like, I'll be safer with two former warlords than you know being stuck on the in the prison but he's wrong uh no, yeah i love it and I, lo- I love how jimbe throws the ocean <laughs> sorry Perfect. yeah and I, he, he he starts to wreck the ship forgetting that he was ex- they actually need need that ship it's important this will be the last color spread i mentioned i promise but i also really love the prison break color spread um just because it's different from any other color spread um, because it includes all these ridiculous characters together. Yeah, it has another sort of traditional Japanese feel to it, like also they're fun. at a Sakura viewing party or something. It's traditional, except for all these characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we get Magellan's final move, the Judgment of Hell, and geez, it's cool. I it, lo- it. That, that, it really looks like the God Warrior from Nausicaa. From Nausicaa, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I've, I think I've consistently said that like, ever since I first saw this. But unlike it's, his regular poison, it spreads what it, to whatever it touches. It's this insane ability. Mm-hmm. So it can actually counter the wax. Yeah. Uh, or at least, I mean, the wax could help slow it down, but it's not going to stop it. Um, so you get them crashing through the wall. What a kinetic panel when they're running away from it like mm-hmm. and it's coming after them i so cool and I, the anime actually does do a very good job i remember with these final <laughs> scenes here and eva manages to uh to you know to save himself by crashing <laughs> up the floor in a hilarious panel <laughs> and so this is how it ends and i love it is you get the candle wall the giant candle wall and luffy giant stamps it that's not going to be enough, though. So Luffy, in his deteriorated form, tells Eva to wake up and wink them all away into the water, just as Jinbei told them to go. And here come the whale sharks. You get it, Jinbei? <laughs> Ba-boom! I, I love that Eva doesn't even entirely know what's going on, but he's no. like, wink? Okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> he was uh, kind of delirious because he had been through a lot earlier no i love cutest 
whale sharks ever. Whales. Yeah, they look great. Um, no, I I love this. I love this spread when we did it in the manga recap. I remember back in '09. Um, what a great moment. Uh, and Magellan's not happy about it. So we got. We can, see, we can see Jinbei speaking fish. So we end off with thank you, which is this. I, I teared up a little, I'll be honest, at the end mm. of this chapter. And they all get free, but there's one obstacle in their way, and that is the gates of justice. But somehow they open. And Luffy, of course, says, I don't know why, but the gates are open, yay! Um, but they figure out what happened, and Magellan ordered it. But wait, it's not Magellan at all. Uh, it was Bon Clay. And we get a short flashback between Bon Clay and Jimbe where Bon explained uh, to him, tell, don't tell him until after the connection is severed. But he told him, and the connection is still open. Um, and the two of them, Magellan and fake Magellan, face off. And yeah. meanwhile... You always help me, but I never get the chance to pay you back. Luffy feels really bad about this. And everyone feels really bad about it. All the prisoners and mm-hmm. uh, Kama and... And Everyone calls out to Bond Clay. It's very emotional. And they say thank you. And he says to him, go save your brother, and the connection is cut. Uh, and we have uh, Ed, do you want to... I don't know if you have it in front of you. Do you want to read Yeah, I do. Uh, the flower of friendship can bloom even in hell. Now the petals of that flower will be scattered upon the rolling bosom of the sea. One day, I will make that flower bloom again. Okama way. Mr. Dubonkley. Uh So that, that'll end us, I think, as they cry out for him and his last words are satisfaction. Uh, the greatest disgrace on Impel Down has concluded. Um, there's little things we'll discuss next time. Uh, the incident is not over some. yet. The incident's not over. Uh, and next time, we're going to go through... Marineford. We're going to go to the, the war. But um, I want to hear some final thoughts before we get into the reverie. Joey, what what are your thoughts on, uh, I guess, Impel Down? Let's do Impel Down. Yeah, yeah. My uh, I was I was conflicted. I still am a little conflicted on Impel Down. I think the more we get to know about the world government, the more it seems understandable that such a horrible place would exist. But, like, a thing I, I would always kind of get stuck on is, like, can you imagine Garp like knowingly sending someone to such a horrible place? Uh, all this sort of extreme torture stuff uh, just seemed like it, it took a lot more of a sort of leap of uh, logic uh, to accept. But that said, I think it's incredibly creative and incredibly interesting and fun to read. Like I really do love this arc. Uh, uh, it's just that, that always kind of stuck with me a little bit, that, that feeling. One thing I love about it is I love a story where there's sort of an establishment and they're always kind of like things are are going out of control and people are like, no, th- that's impossible. They can't possibly get to this level or blah, 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 blah. And seeing seeing everything kind of crumble around them as they're scrambling to as, as they're scrambling to try to keep things in control is really fun and exciting to read. So uh, that that's that's an element that I really loved. And like I said, I love some of the character designs. Magellan's really fun uh, and, and that kind of thing. So why don't we get into the Reverie segment? Reverie. 
This is the Reverie. Just since we've been talking about this for so long, we're probably going to keep this a little more succinct than usual. Um, we are recording this, and it is almost one in the morning. So, uh, why don't we start first um, with uh, the stuff that happened at Shabani? That seems like, I'm sorry, the archipelago that must not be named. Uh, clearly, a pivotal place in the series. We, I think, we're tempted to talk about the time skip a lot here because this mm -hmm. is kind of that place where things you know 3d2y you know, all that stuff but uh is there and the celestial dragons i think are going to be you know with doflamingo uh and everything we learned there the connection with doflamingo i think is especially interesting with the smiles instead of the human and, shops and also like fisher tigers first mentioned here and he is and the guy Lily, yeah yeah and, and yeah and amazon lily and he's the like the driving force behind what happens in fishman island and it's interesting to see uh, the difference in, like, at the beginning of the series when Odo would mention someone and show a silhouette, silhouette like, um, what we sort of joked about, about the uh, the silhouettes of the seven warlords looking nothing like the actual, uh, actual warlords. Like, he's got a much more solid idea of, like, when you see Fisher Tiger's silhouette, he looks like Fisher Tiger looks like when he shows up later. Um, is there, you want to talk a little bit about Amazon Lily, uh, Joey? Yeah, Amazon Lily is an interesting uh, place where there's sort of this mixture of Chinese architecture and Greek myth. Uh, the Greek myth is definitely like an uh, an ongoing like theme, but like the Chinese architecture is interesting to me because we're uh, possibly, hopefully, uh, approaching this like Wano arc, which is this Japanese country, and then there's another place which is Don Chinjiao's country. Kano which is Kuni. Kano, yeah. Okay, so Kano is a sort of China themed place. And it makes me wonder what Wano, if Wano and Kano will look like traditional Japanese and Chinese places, because you get the traditional Japanese architecture kind of with Marine Ford and the Chinese look with uh, Amazon Lily, which both are very similar. Uh, Japan took, I think a lot from China uh, at one point in history, but like, um, uh, yeah, so it, it makes me wonder if Oda, for the for the sake of not repeating himself, is going to make uh, Wano look much different than we would expect, or if and the same with Kano, or if there could be a reason that he would tie in for um, Amazon Lily having Kano esque architecture. Um. I mean, hockey obviously was was the big introduction. It's amazing to kind of see how much is there. Also, that we don't see like armament hockey as we see it, it visualized today. I don't know when Oda decided to. That's black and you know what it looks like. But I think the sound effects were kind of the same, and the yeah, it, idea it, was the same. It really struck me that that they didn't have that sort of darkened in hockey, and it. it seems like he could potentially like. Uh, right away that like if people become more comfortable using armament hockey it doesn't change their body or something like that um i don't think that's going to happen because do flamingo was probably very comfortable using it and he, mm. he turned he turned black um uh, i think it's just a decision Odo made later on uh and whatever it's not that big a deal uh impel down obviously has some interesting stuff and and magellan's ultimate fate i guess is mostly blackbeard's doing because he's in bad shape uh after all that and i doubt it's bon mm -hmm. clay uh, 
<laughs> and like then the fate of Bon Clay. Like he's I guess he's like probably still imprisoned. Yeah, he's the even he's the even cough. Yeah, I like to to think that's what happened to him. No, that's what actually happened to him. It's in one of the cover stories. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) Right? It's in the world thing? Okay. It is, yeah. Yeah, they show that uh, it's in one of the the cover story And uh, Hannibal is now the head warden, correct? I think they're... Yes, but I think... Magellan, now having reread this, is kind of in the same place Shiryu, I think, was in. Okay. Um, like the su- semi equals. Um, and Hannibal seems to actually really like Magellan, and especially now that he has his job. Uh, <laughs> even well, the thing I like about Magellan is that he's sort of like. He doesn't seem malicious in yeah. his in his attacks. He's just kind of a dude doing his job. So like it it probably does. You could say that about him. Sakazuki too. Yeah right. It well maybe I don't know. <laughs> He's pretty ruthless. Yeah. Uh, in a way that I don't know. Something about the the difference in their facial expressions make Sakazuki seem more vicious yeah. or something. Yeah. But like um, uh, Magellan seems like it probably hurts his his pride a little bit to be knocked down a peg, and who knows maybe he has, he gets a pay cut or something. But uh, he's probably not too bad off uh having a slightly lower position i think i think he's a very prideful guy he clearly was he cared about his reputation and he did do a very good job for 20 years um but you know things happen and luffy happens and you can't stop that because luffy is a hurricane that's what we learned this week um any other points oh seeing all of blackbeard's future crew members except for abado bizarro yeah, I mean we saw Arrow. we saw San we saw San Juan Wolf uh, briefly. I, I, in a couple of things on level six. Yeah. Uh, any any thoughts on that flag? Which one? The 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 impel down flag that we sort of mentioned briefly. I mean, the... I don't think there's anything more spoilery than what I said. I think that I think that's about right. I I don't I don't know. I am I mean, I'm very I, curious. I mean, like. So if the idea that we are sort of working at uh, is that the current world government are people from Earth that are oppressing the people from the Moon Kingdom, is this sounding right? Like maybe. That, that Impel Down having the wings maybe represents the fact that they would be imprisoning wing people? I, I that, was, that, that entered my thought process. It's possible. Um feel like there'd be a cross through that like no we hate them um, <laughs> yeah no possible. the wings definitely seem like they're on the same plane as the crown in the in the in the flag for sure but like it's, who knows i i don't know uh i'm sure impel down is something that has existed for you know 800 years um, it definitely seems like the kind of thing that eventually has to be destroyed like yeah. deconstructed yeah, something like that is is wrong for many reasons. If I mean, it's supposed to, Oda goes out of his way to show how awful it is. Um, it's and it's so weird that this felt like Ennius Lobby in a lot of ways. I thought a lot better personally. Um, I know a lot of people love Ennius Lobby, but I have my problems with it just because I feel like not a lot really progresses and it takes a long time. 
Uh, but this does it in half the time or like a quarter of the time. They break in and break out. <laughs> um, and I, it's it's very well done in, in a succinct way. And I don't think we have... I've really missed these small arcs. And this is kind of the end of the small arcs because Paramount War is a little longer. It's like... Maybe... Okay, maybe we have a little more left. But... Um, it was. It's fun going through these and reading these, and yeah, when the, when, the, when they go at this pace, I um, guess Oda's moving a little faster just because he knows he eventually wants to reunite the crew, and he yeah. doesn't want that to take too long. We want, he he timed it for two years in the right. World, you know? That's probably why he did that. Um, maybe. Uh, anyway, I think we could round off unless there's any other thoughts. I don't mean to. Well, we've discussed a lot here. I don't think we need to do yeah. any more. Right, I'm so, good. So let's round off. This has been the 10th episode of The Great One Piece read-through going through the archipelago that shall not be named. Uh, Amazon, Lily, and Impel Down. This was a lot of fun, you guys. Um, sorry for keeping you here so long. I am scared to see how long this episode will end up being. Uh, so we're, we're going to go through round-offs, but first I want to let you guys know who is coming next week and what we'll be doing. Uh, we're going to have Miles from Crunchyroll joining us again next week. Really excited. He is... Great fan and a lot of fun to talk to. We're going to be going through the remainder of this volume, which is more than I remembered it being, um, through volume 61, which is the uh, end of the... Which is the... Uh, something big happens there. I won't say what it is. Um, so it's the middle of 61. You'll see when you get there. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. It's the Paramount War and the Aftermath. So, Joey, where could people find you? They can follow me on Twitter, at Joey Weiser. Follow me on Tumblr, joeyweiser.tumblr.com. Or follow my daily Dragon Ball drawings, uh, dailydragonball.tumblr.com. And I also post those on Twitter. My homepage is uh, tragic-planet.com. And look out for the Merman graphic novel series. Volume 4 is coming at September, and Volumes 1 through 3 are available now. And Ed, where could the good people contact us? Well, Zach, you are... Zach underscore Logan on Twitter. I am Edward E. Fisticio. The podcast is at OnePiecePodcast.com, Twitter.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook.com slash OnePiecePodcast. OnePiecePodcast.tumblr.com for news updates and funny pictures. OnePiecePodcast is our Skype name. OnePiecePodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Subscribe on Stitcher. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Or call us on our phone number. Zach? I believe that phone number is 347-497-MAJI. That phone number again is 347-497-6254. Call anytime. Anytime. With your questions, comments, and theories, next week on the One Piece podcast, we have Greg going through chapter 795 with the three of us and Steve. Please uh, listen into that one. It will be a guaranteed good one if you are caught up. Uh, if you are not caught up, there's probably not much for you there. Uh, but I hope you guys uh, enjoy it nonetheless. Uh, again, next week we will have Miles on. That's August 6th. We will see you then. My name is Zach. My name is Ed. We'll see you next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.